You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the second ever Off the Line Soccer Podcast. My name is Jack, and today I am joined once again by my friend Aiden. Aiden, how are you? I'm doing well, Jack. I've just been enjoying the matches. Glad they're back and can't really say much other than that. I'm doing great just because soccer's back. You sound, you sound so, you sound so excited there, Jake. Uh, I'm also joined by my friend Jake once again. Jake, what's going on? Uh, not much going on. Just happy to be uh, joined by you guys again. Yeah, with with uh, with that being said, I think yeah, like you guys said, not much has changed. Uh, if you guys are good, we can get straight into this now that the Premier League's finally back. We can finally discuss some games. Um, are you guys good with that? Sounds good. Of course, let's do it. Alrighty. So the first game, Aston Villa and Sheffield United. Um, what what were you guys' thoughts overall? This doesn't have to be just the gameplay. Um, but overall, across, across the board, um, what did you think of the Premier League back behind closed doors? Yeah, I thought it was pretty much what we were expecting. It wasn't a great game to watch, to be honest, but I don't think we could be too too critical about it, considering it was the first game back in three and a half months. Um, but obviously, the big controversy of the whole game was that VAR decision, which uh, I'll let Aiden get into, because I'm sure he has some thoughts about that. Aiden, anything to add? Uh, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was pretty, pretty much, as you said, it was, it was pretty lackluster game for the most part. Really the only big talking point was that, that VAR where, uh, Nyland or Nyland carried it over the line from the free kick there looked like it was clearly in and the technology wasn't working. But other than that, I was kind of just surprised how, uh, how well Villa got off to a good start there. I thought they, they looked excellent. Well, for their own standards for the first 20 to 30 minutes. And I was impressed with El Ghazi and players like that. But yeah, what do you guys think about that uh, that decision with the technology? I thought it was pretty shocking. Yeah, to be honest, I don't, I, uh, I don't really I just, know what happened there. Sorry, Jack, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. I, I just, the VAR, just, I don't, like having the conversations about the VAR because it doesn't is it ready because what if well that could cost that could cost um that could cost Sheffield United a European place next season I just don't know like what what do they get for that do they get is an apology good enough saying oh the technology just didn't work (laughs) just didn't work this time and as a result of that did like the amount of I don't know the exact amount, but the amount of money that they're going to get if they were to qualify for Europe for next season, um, like is is an apology good enough? Just saying, oh, the technology didn't work, and that's too bad. I feel like mm-hmm. if this were the case, and this let's say this happened to, um, let's say Man City and Liverpool this season, let's say theoretically they were tied uh, on points, and this happened to Liverpool, who were playing like really well. And uh, as a result of this, it was only like three points that separated them or whatever. Um, and that decision were to cost, let's say Van Dyke like scored a header or something and the technology didn't work. And that goal was uh, ruled out by VAR because the technology wasn't working. It happened to a club um, and, you know, the repercussions of, 
missing out on a league title in, in that many years. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know what, like, I, I don't really know what to say about the, the technology. What do you guys yeah. think? And the reason why it wasn't working was kind of weird too. Cause um, I think they said that the goalie's body was blocking like the, the lens or something from, from having a different angle, but like, when they have expected it in the first place when they introduced it that there would be a goalie in the net like mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how that's actually like the issue that happened like how is it possible that the goalie blocked like the the surrounding cameras from it because there's one camera on each side right so i don't really understand how that happened but yeah that was for the that was for the hawkeye right or was yeah. that yeah the hawkeye but then yeah the VA, the VAR, they just chose oh, like, not yeah, to use bad, it, right? Be- because it was, but yeah, no, that's a good point because the, there's many facets to it, in my opinion. Like the Hawkeyes, one thing, I don't really, I'm on the same page as you. I don't understand how, how they couldn't, like how he was blocking all the cameras, the goalie for the Hawkeye. And then like the VAR is supposed to be for the clear and obvious wrong decision. So how is that a, not a clear and obvious <laughs> wrong decision? And then also My, is there not any onus on the referee who like can clearly, if he's watching the match, see that he was in the side netting. Like I'm just so <laughs> all of it. Like he's just relying so much on his watch there clearly. Cause he's not I just, watching it, the match. It, it, it seems to be a common theme in the Premier league about the, the, the refs just not checking the, uh, checking the monitors on the side they have them on the side of the field don't they yeah they do they do and the, I, I have you guys i don't think i've seen one ref this season go over and check i've seen it in like in the uh, other in, in the champ i i know they've done it in the champions league they just walk over it makes it so much easier if the ref just sees it because they're going to see it from two angles well, more than two angles but they'll see it live and say okay this, this is what i think i saw and then once they check the monitor, then it just gives them okay, a set like a like a second view of it and say, okay, this is like this is what actually happened. It's pretty close, but uh, I might have missed this. And I just, like, what, what, Jake, what do you think? Because they like they don't even use the side monitor. Yeah, well, like that's probably the first thing that needs to change. Like, why why can't the ref go check the monitor? Like, I know I'm saying the word like a lot, but he's the one who's officiating the match, right? So it doesn't make complete sense for me for the ref to make a decision then the the var booth wherever it is to change his to change his decision without giving the ref like a second chance to look at it um Mm -hmm. because the ref is the one who's actually refing the game right yeah for sure yeah what do you guys think about about like the onus being on i think it was i could be wrong but i think it was all michael oliver refing that match yeah, I could. Um, what do you guys think about the uh, the onus being on him for uh, for just watching the match? Like that looked very clear to me that the goalie was sitting in the side netting. Like, should he not have a responsibility to like stop the match and be like, "Can I look at this?" or like, "What?" Like, was he even watching, or is he just has the technology just made the refs so impaired and they rely on it so much that they're like not even watching the game anymore? Yeah, I think that's what it was because I'm pretty sure because you saw him right away, right? He was looking at his watch. And he mm-hmm. was saying no goal, no goal, because he didn't get a notification on his watch. So he didn't even bother thinking, like, what he saw. He was just going off of what his watch was telling him. So on the one hand, obviously, he should make sure he's paying more attention. But on the other hand, right, if his watch wasn't working or the Hawkeye wasn't working and didn't tell him that it, that it was a mm-hmm. goal, I can't really blame him completely. And um, And the VAR, like, I don't blame him for saying – for not saying let him go to have another look, right? Because he didn't get the, 
the notification on his watch. So he just thought it was saved on the line. So for him, there was no, no reason to be concerned. Mm-hmm. Just from even the naked mm-hmm. eye before I saw the replay, just when I see the goalie like that have the ball in his hands and he ends up sitting in the net, it just – I don't know. For me, there's just something clearly wrong there. I just don't know how to ignore it. But yeah. it is quite wild. Well, but I know what you mean. Let's let's uh, let's let's make it very clear. The ball went in the net. I don't think any. I don't think anybody. Uh, I don't think anybody's debating whether it went in or not. <laughs> you can clearly see yeah. it goes right beside I mean, with with the keeper. But um, and to be honest, what was the like, what was the keeper doing there? Not a Neeland. Uh, what what was going <laughs> yeah. on there with him? Shock. <laughs> the positioning's all off. That's a big thing that came out from this. No one noticed the, the bad goalie, the bad no. goalkeeping. Yeah, I saw in the in their uh, Aston Villa second game against Chelsea, he fumbled the shot, and then the uh, the commentator made a little cheeky comment. He's like, "Well, Neeland's not really insp- inspiring confidence in his defenders <laughs> over the last two matches." <laughs> so, yeah, it was a pretty boring match uh, overall. That was the only real talking point. Yeah, yeah. I just I well, I've I've seen. I was listening the the Merseyside Derby yesterday they're talking about the lack of goals in the first half or the slow starts and I think I think most of us we all expected kind of a lower start teams wanted to kind of uh it almost feels like a new season but kind of the teams wanted to feel each other out and see how it was for the first little bit and you saw in some some games some teams seem to be way more way more fit than others um uh but yeah, I don't really we don't really want to discuss too much about the VAR and the those types of controversies because as we know it doesn't really seem the the problem last thing on that last question I have for you then we'll move on to the Man City Arsenal game. But um do you guys agree that the technology it's the the people using the technology but the technology uh has to be implemented for the sake of um like fairness in the game? Uh, sorry, I don't really understand the question. I just mean, like, do you guys agree with having VAR in the game right now, even though it does, like some people say all oh, the technology mm. doesn't work, but do you agree with the tech? Well, I guess, I guess it's, it's proven that was the Hawkeye though, but yeah. saying the technology doesn't work or it's the people using the technology. My personal opinion, it's just the people using the technology because yes. it doesn't really seem like in the other leagues or it, like any league that's used and besides the Premier League, doesn't seem to be that much controversy. And it comes down, a lot of it comes down to the fact that the refs just go to the monitor on the side mm-hmm. of the field and check it out again. Yeah, yeah that's for- what I was going to say. That's the main problem. So I think I'll go check their own decision. But yeah, mm-hmm. Aiden, I'll let you speak now. <laughs> Okay, no worries. No, it was fine. But uh, all I was gonna say is like, for the Hawkeye, I've never, I've never seen it let let anyone down. But then again, how do you know that it's 100% accurate if it's not even working in a situation like this? Like, what if it's off alignment yeah. or something and it's been getting them wrong before? But on the VAR, uh, personally, I I kind of prefer the game without it having the stop start and all the controversies because at the end of the day, it's really just someone's decision anyways, one way or the other, if you even go to it, if they deem it a clear and obvious mistake. So uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think it would, it's fine without it, to be honest. And unless I don't really know how you could get down to a set criteria of when to use it and when not other than to say clear and obvious, but that's still, 
like yeah, subjective, you know, yeah, yeah, pretty subjective and someone has to make that call. So there's still a lot of gray areas, like when you're refereeing the match anyway. So what do you guys think? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, well, I, I think there, there's always, eventually there's always going to be some gray area and everything is up to interpretation, but in, mm -hmm. with some things, especially we won't, we won't get into it today, but I'm sure those, they're going to be uh, incidents in the future about penalties and that, that sort of thing about what is a penalty, what is a handball in the box and when is VAR supposed to get involved, that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. for now, I'm per, my personal opinion, the technology needs to be there. But I think the game uh, needs to kind of advance with the technology and some some of the the rules, maybe like the offside, could be altered slightly. The rule, the definition of what is and what isn't a handball needs to be changed. That sort of thing, um, in order to uh, work directly with the VAR system. Mm -hmm. um, do you got? Yeah, you guys agree. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely. Or disagree. It's, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's uh, fair. Okay, so with that being said, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Man City played Arsenal. Now, as we know, all three of us, we, we were discussing Arsenal, and we were discussing Man City, and, and to be honest, none of us really gave Arsenal a chance. Um, maybe slightly unfair on Arsenal, but as you saw in this game, not that it's – not that it's a bad thing to lose to Man City. I think a lot of people were giving Arsenal a lot of backlash for losing to Man City. Um, but obviously, David Luiz at the back there just isn't going to help. But what, what did you guys think of the game? Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to say that I'm pretty sure I predicted 3 nothing last weekend. So I will give myself a pound Congratulations. Good. Um, Good job, Jake. Thank you. I also did did say I don't trust Arsenal's defense at all. Um, so I'll give myself another pat on the back there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, David Luiz. Like, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Um, yeah. He's given away, like – It's a – No, go. Did it surprise – Did it surprise – I'm maybe a hot take here, but I think it's kind of justified. That might be the worst performance – one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a center back in my entire life. Yeah, it was pretty awful. He, did, he didn't he, – he came on. I don't know what minute it was. I'm going to check. He came on, and all he had to do was clear that ball. Yeah, I think he came on like near the 40th or something. Yeah, he completely screwed up the clearance. So, sorry, I'm just checking when David Luiz came on here. No, it's all good. Uh, uh, but 24th, he's also 24th minute. And he, oh. so, so he came on the 24th. He got the red card on the, the 49th. Uh, yeah. and, and he gave away. And the penalty was taken by De Bruyne short, like right after that. But that might be the worst performance from a center back I've ever seen in any, any competition, any professional competition. But the best part about it, well, not bad. Best part, best part, maybe from other fans, except Arsenal fans. I'd be, I'd be fuming if I was an Arsenal fan with, with that. But um, that might be the worst performance from a center back I've ever seen. He was, he was, he was awful, and it wasn't surprising. I think all of us, all of us, anybody who follows the sport knows that 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 man is capable of doing those things. What, what did you guys think of his performance? Yeah, it was awful. And, like, just his whole season has been pretty bad. Like, he's already given away four penalties. I think it's on average. 
one every 6.5 games. He's got two two red cards already this season. Um, I think he's got four or five mistakes, like directly leading to goals. So just uh, I know they only paid eight million uh, pounds for him, but that still seems like they overpaid, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a real shocker all around from from Louise and. He might be past his sell-by date there, David. But other than that, I just the, the game was just really like – obviously they had a red card in the start of the second half there, but the game was just really poor from Arsenal, like not even a shot on target, like completely dominated. like, And that's with a man that you'd expect, like as we were talking about before, that would know like all the inside details of what Pep is trying to do and couldn't even really stop yeah. him at all. Like, yeah, and the weak points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't sure. I don't blame them. I know they got a lot of criticism. I don't really like once you get a red card to Man City, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter yeah, what team you have on yeah. paper. But do Arsenal especially with these two games, we'll talk about the Brighton game right after this, the Brighton Arsenal game. But when you look at Arsenal's team on paper, and I'll I'll read off some of the players that started against Man City. So you've obviously you've got Aubameyang up front, so an elite striker. Got mm-hmm. Bakayo Saka on the left wing. He wasn't playing left back because Kieran Tierney came in because he's back from injury. You have uh, Willock, Nketiah, Granite Xhaka, who lasted six seconds in that game and then went yeah. down with an injury. Uh, Gwendouzi, Mustafi, uh, Pablo Mari, Bellerin, and then you've got Leno and Net. Does that even without the injuries, without the red card, does that team, even on paper, and I'm saying this because you've seen so much criticism on Arsenal and about the club, but on paper, does that team actually have a chance against Man City, in your opinion? Like, no. what do you guys think? I don't mm, think they have a chance. No, I think that was kind of uh, kind of mentioned in the preview by me last weekend. It's just – their midfield options, in my opinion, and their defense, like, I guess their attackers, they got a lot of young players in those wide areas and Lacazette mm-hmm. and Obamaing his options up front. I'm not sure if he played some different players because they had those two games, but it was, it's just not good enough. Like if this was a club like United, like the fans would be, I think they'd be revolting if you put some of those sides out there, but the players that they have, honestly, like Mustafi, David Louise, and Jacka, and then no, no offense to him, I don't know that much about that Pablo Mari or whatever, or whatever his name is, but he looked very slow. He looked not good, like a good player. Yeah, I don't rate Guendouzi. Well, he whatsoever. pulled up against. I think it was. Was it for the Sterling? Was it for the Sterling goal where he just yeah. turned into a statue and then pulled yeah, up and got taken off right after, and now he's he, out till like November or something? Yeah, and it's just like Arsenal too because I th- he's been playing since 2010. I think he's missed like nine games with injury in his whole career, and now he's he's been there for 30 minutes and he's out for the rest of the season. So, mm-hmm. oh, it's like it's like John Philip Gabamin at Everton, just, just cursed. Once you get to a certain club, you get injured, and there's nothing you can do about it. But to answer. Um, your- to answer your question, like, no, that team has, like, no chance. Like, I think we kind of mentioned in the preview. Like, to be honest, yeah. I think easily, like, City could have left out a player like De Bruyne and still kind of walked the match. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone would argue with that. Uh, so, what about the Brighton Arsenal? We'll move on to the Brighton Arsenal game. We'll stick stick with Arsenal. I expected, obviously, you have the squad rotation but I expected Arsenal to come out with a, a big response. 
um, which they they did take the lead. Um, but this game was all about Neil Mopai and obviously Bern Leno getting injured. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? The the response from Arsenal, they ended up losing 2-1. Yeah, okay, first things first. Did you think it was a, a dirty tackle or no? Mm, no. I think I think he has a right to go for it. I can see why Arsenal fans are upset by it. I think it's escalated the situation, obviously. The fact that Mopai was the one to score the winner, I yeah. think makes it even like even even worse because if you it's similar and not similar to when when uh, Andre Gomez uh, got injured after that tackle and collision by Kian Min Sun and Serge Ariad earlier on in the season where in my opinion it was like premeditated because back in the game I won't go into it but basically there was a foul, there was a foul that wasn't called on Sun and he chased down Gomez and like try to tackle him so in my opinion it's premeditated whereas something like this and resulted in injury and something like this right in the moment he went for the ball and it just happened that Leno got injured I think he has a right to go for the ball but because Mopai also scored the winner and with his comments after which we'll we'll get into um I think that that kind of infuriates the fans makes the players more angry and draws yeah. more media attention it's like what a double whammy think? but yeah Aiden, what'd you think yeah. about the tackle uh i didn't really think it was too bad whatsoever to be honest with you i'll have to watch it mm-hmm. again but on my first couple of viewings of it I, I thought it was just a little bit of contact and leno just kind of yeah. tweaked his knee and folded up a bit yeah. like maybe a bit yeah. more he's very he's wanna, really unlucky yeah he was unlucky like I don't know. Yeah, Those are the kind so of things too. where maybe that's like a bit of hesitation, like gets you injured. I'm not sure. Like maybe back in the olden days, maybe the keeper just comes out and just absolutely steams through, steams through him. Like I'm not <laughs> trying to blame Leno, but like like yeah, an yeah. Ederson Eric Garcia type situation yeah. where he just yeah. ran right through him. Yeah, he was just yeah. unlucky just uh, to land off balance. I think. Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't really think it was like extremely dirty. I thought he had the right to go for the ball though. All right, we all agree there. There's lots of yeah. people who are saying it yeah. was a dirty tackle, but I'm glad we, we all see sense in the situation. Yeah, and I just want to say, I just want to say, like, there? I have not really like been the biggest fan of Pepe, but that was a pretty uh, dirty finish on that goal for the uh, the only Arsenal goal of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Week. He's definitely got a he's definitely got ability. I think I I think it takes a little bit of time to adjust to the Premier League. Obviously, with that fee. You don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't really get that time, but whether you like it or not, need, you need a little bit of time to adapt. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure for form, I saw something. I could be wrong here. This could be old. I thought I saw a form individual uh, performance, like form table. I'm pretty sure Pepe was number one, followed by I think it was I think Richarlison. Richarlison was in second. Um, uh, who else? Who else was in there? Maybe Fred. I'm pretty sure Pepe was number one. And he coming into this, I saw a stat in his last like ten games. He had he had like really good stats. He was up to like eleven goals for the season or something in in all competitions. But with that price tag, um, there's obviously there's a lot of pressure. But I think in a better obviously in a, in a better team, I think he would do better. Arsenal just really like on paper they aren't that good. Yeah, yeah they're not great. Fans agree yeah. at this point. Yeah, 
I don't know. Uh, I, I just want to touch on one thing. Like, I don't really, I think he might've already been leaving, but these are not like the type of performances that, that Aubameyang will be sticking around to hang his hat on for the rest of his career. I don't think like, well, player that's, of that's kind what of I was just, yeah, that's why I was just about to ask. What do you guys think now? Um, well, first you've got Arsenal's chances of getting into Europe, which originally was the Champions League they're looking for. Do I think we can all agree they're not getting top form, especially with the form of teams like Wolves. No, they're too um, far away. I don't think Arsenal are getting to top four. I don't think they're even going to get Europa League. No, uh, for next se- into the Europa League for next season. But if we're looking at the big picture here, like you said, Aiden Obemiang, he's an elite striker. He's going into the last year of his contract. Do you guys think like is is there any re- is there any reason? I'm not trying to dig out Arsenal sale. Mm-hmm. It's it's like not a small like it's a small club or something. It's not. It's a huge club. But at this point in time, I don't see any reason why would Obemiang, especially he's is he 29 or 30 yeah, right now? Yeah, 29, I think, I think. And he's he's playing well. He's obviously you can see on the pitch by his body language, frustrated. You can see the, mm-hmm. the pundit saying, "Look yeah. at him making this run. They're not playing him through." He's an elite level player. He's better than the rest of the players on that team. And I I can't see him wanting to waste the last like couple of years of his prime no. um, without even European football. I don't think that's something that would be attra- like attractive to him. And Bukayo Saka too, who's done really, really well this season. He's got he has one more year as well, and a lot of people are saying they don't think he's going to sign either. So, like, what what do you guys think the future over the next couple of years holds for Arsenal? Then we'll we'll move on. I'm just curious to see what you guys think about that. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to stay. Um, they have like lots of good young players, and I think like Bukayo Saka, Martinelli, um, maybe like Joe Willock. We'll have to see, but. I think by the time that they're ready to ready to play at a consistent level in the Premier League, like week in, week out at a competitive level, I think he'll be long gone. It'll be what, two, three, four years from now. So I don't think he'll he's gonna wanna wait that long just to see if they might have a chance of, of um getting a trophy or anything like that. So so yeah, I don't I don't think Obama's gonna wait. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'll wait either. And like this really is like I don't I hate to just be the bearer of bad news for Arsenal, but they need to pick up points. You guys realize they're playing Southampton. If Southampton beat them, that they'll be level on points with, with them. <laughs> like this is just really wow. yeah, devastating times. Like Newcastle and Everton and Burnley are all nipping at their heels as well. So honestly, if it was a normal summer, I'd think I can't really see him going to any of these other Premier League teams above, above uh, where Arsenal is. But if it was a normal summer, I know this wouldn't happen, but I would say Tottenham would just cash in on Harry Kane and try to lure him over from a free, just to I, take I might take be him. wrong, and this, this could have been like a troll, a troll post on Twitter. Jake, maybe you, maybe, maybe you guys saw it. Um, I swear – that I saw that Spurs were interested in getting Aubameyang for the last year of his contract. Was that true, or am I am I just like making things up? Oh, I didn't see I that, be. but that would be interesting. Okay, then <laughs> yeah, sure. it's probably not true, and just ignore everything I just said. I just okay. Uh, I'm just I'll run through Arsenal. That, that does fixtures. that does kind of fit with like a Spurs move. Like I know they probably won't be able to do it, but if they were gonna 
kept finally cash in on Kane and then just bring just pay Aubameyang's wages to bring him in. That kind of fits with their mold, and they'd just be taking from their direct rivals. But I don't even know. Oh, like, know is, my- is Spurs gonna make a? Is Spurs gonna make a Europa League? So I'm not sure, or Champions League. We, we will. We will see. I'm gonna. I'll run through the Ars- the remaining fixtures for Arsenal. I just want a one word answer to like win, lose, or draw. What you guys think um, from the remainder of the game? So the their uh, their final games include uh, Southampton. Maybe a draw. Yeah, I'd say draw. Yeah, I would. I would say a draw or a loss, just because we'll talk about Southampton in the in a sec here. But Southampton looked very good in their game. Uh, Sheffield United loss. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'll say a draw as well again. Yeah, I'll say a draw as well. Uh, Norwich win. I'll go win. Win. Uh, Wolves, loss. Yeah, probably a loss as well, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with a draw just to be different. <laughs> oh, this is, a, this, is, this is a tough run. Whoa. So, Wolves, them, Leicester. <laughs> uh, loss. Leicester, they're, they're, yeah, they're not winning against Leicester. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say a loss to Leicester, yeah. even, especially if uh, Leicester is still fighting for Champions League. So, North, North London Derby against Spurs. I'll just say win. I could see a draw. I could see a draw. No, because Mourinho will just – I just have a feeling. I, I think Mourinho's just so defensive. You'll, you'll yeah, say you know, win. All right. You know what? I, I was going to say, I was gonna, I was gonna say, honestly, when Jake – before Jake did, I was going to say win as well. I don't know, just a derby, but, yeah, win. Mm-hmm. I'll, go, I'll go neutral on that. I'll go with a draw. Uh, Liverpool, easy win for Arsenal there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Arsenal win because Liverpool aren't going to play for anything. There you go. I'll just unless uh, they're they're still trying to go for the points record though. Hmm. True. I'll just say a loss. But, just go with yeah. the odds. I'll I'll say a loss because I think they will because <laughs> I think they'll lose. Uh, Villa win. I think they'll probably they could win because Villa might be relegated by that point. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're too bad defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah win. Uh, Watford last game. Lost at home. I'll give them the win. I gotta go. I'll go with a draw again. So those are the remaining fixtures for Arsenal. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't look too bright at the moment. Uh, so the next game we'll discuss uh, Norwich and Southampton, where Southampton won three to nil. I thought they were very good. I, I watched the game. They they looked very fit. They looked really sharp. Nathan Redmond seemed to be in more of like an attacking mid position. Mm-hmm. And he looked like out of all of the players that I've seen come back, he looked like one of the sharpest, uh, sharpest players, most fit players. Uh, uh, and yeah, he was one of the players that impressed me the most. What did, what did you guys think about the game? Yeah, yeah. I have to sorry, Jake. I have to agree with you, Jack. I definitely spotted Redmond as like a danger man almost the whole game. Uh, Danny Ings definitely had a good game as well. Had that nice shot off the crossbar on the first half, and then had his had his finish in the second half. Armstrong from the right. Uh, 
I just don't know if they're going to have the, the defensive capabilities at the back sometimes, if they're pressing, if the team can break through their, their initial press, if their defenders right. are quality enough to stop teams at the back. But I like what I'm seeing out of them and their overall style. They were able to nip the ball off a, a poor Norwich side. We'll see if it'll hold up against some better teams as they move forward. It'll be actually, I'm actually mm-hmm. excited to see this game against Arsenal yeah. and how their style works against their players. Oh, just all uh, out. Oh, oh, that could be good. Yeah. Jake, what do you think? We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's right. I think the high press against Arsenal is going to be interesting. Um, the Norwich Southampton game, to be honest, I found it extremely boring. Maybe just because I was waiting for the United game to start, but I didn't enjoy watching it that much. Obviously, Jake, there were three goals in the game. I know. I, Obviously, I, I were good. I agree with Jake. After it was two nil, I felt the game was a bit dead. Pookie should have should have put that shot on target, not had yeah. a block. Yeah. Um, and after that, the game was kind of dead. And then Obafemi, he looked decent on some of his movement he was making, but his decision making in the final third was yeah, poor in was terms of where he, need, yeah. where he needed to pass it and who, such. Who was it where he could the one like obvious Armstrong. chance where he could just square? Yeah. yeah, all he had to do was square it, and he and he didn't. And the chance was gone. Oh, I yeah, will say though, I was sorry, speaking, speaking to James or uh, Jake. Sorry, not James. Jake threw at the match, and uh, <laughs> I think he was he was kind of impressed. I could be wrong with uh, Joy Berg. He liked him. How yeah. He yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say he's, much about it, but yeah, uh, I just liked it. He uh, he got his captaincy removed for the season because he's entering into the last year of his contract. Yeah, um, well, he is linked in the last with Everton, year. but yeah, sorry, and he's linked with Everton. But I think Southampton wanted like. I think they wanted something crazy, like thirty-five million for him for the last like one year left, or in the last year of contract. But yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, if you well, see, there's there's good. Sorry, what are you saying? Well, I was watching the game. I kept saying to Jacob that I thought Redmond would be a nice little pickup for Arsenal. I don't know if that would be realistic at all, but he looked good this game. We'll see how he continues. It definitely worked. Wait, did I say Arsenal? I meant yeah. Everton. Yeah, he was saying Everton. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, sorry, well, Everton. <laughs> Arsenal's been on the brain. My bad. <laughs> they need some players too. Well, so <laughs> they need they need they need a uh, they need a lot. Well, how old is Redmond? 26. 26. We had the same talk during the game, me and Aiden. <laughs> He's been a, Nathan Redman has been around for so long, mm-hmm. but unfortunately doesn't fit the transfer policy. Uh, uh, Everton are currently linked, though, just quickly. They're linked with Thiago Silva. Yes. I, I would be what, – what year are we in? Like 2020. In what world does Thiago Silva, even if he is 85 years old, what what year does he go and play for Everton? I don't. Uh, I was just saying that because transfer policy, but I don't know. Redmond, age twenty six, with the I don't even think he's for sale, but I think with Everton's transfer policy, uh, they're only getting two or three players in the summer. So yeah. we'll but, transfer, but imagine, but imagine, Ti- imagine Tiago Silva just taking Mason Holgate's physical attributes and molding him into an absolute great <laughs> defender. Imagine that. That'd be class under his manager, good. Ancelotti. That would be worth all the wages. Well, I did see it was it was the game against Liverpool early on. I'm sorry we're going off topic here, guys, but it's just it, it, just picture it. Thiago Silva for Everton is, is insane. But I saw a little clip uh, on, on Twitter. <laughs> it was the Everton fans posting it of Thiago Silva and I think it was Marquinhos. 
celebrating when they when they beat uh Liverpool earlier on the season in the Champions League and they they like tackled Mane or Salah or somebody and Thiago yeah. Silva just start like pounding his chest yelling at the crowd he's just so pumped up just imagine uh, that at, at the Gladys Street end just imagine it right now him just pounding his chest oh, yes yeah it'd be, it'd be incredible they like they're scoring the winner against oh. Liverpool. Hey, I'm not saying he'd be. I'm not saying he'd be bad. I'm just saying he's 85 years old and wouldn't fit the transfer policy. Would also just take minutes away from Holgate and, uh, well, like Michael, Michael Keane. Like good, good guy. Get a get. Just sell him. Sell what him. A, what about like a one or two year contract? From, no, but then you're taking away minutes from Holgate and uh, Yerry Mina. And uh, potentially Lewis Gibson, who's on loan right now, who's done really well. But enough about Everton, about Thiago Silva, because I'd be shocked if that happened. Um, I saw he's linked with Arsenal, happen. too. That that would be quality. Yes. They can just get Thiago David Silva Luiz out the door. David Luiz. Uh, I, I won't disrespect Thiago Silva at all. Like He hasn't done anything uh, for me to be dis- disrespectful towards him. But yep. we will move on now. Sorry about that little interlude. Uh, what was the next game here? We... United Spurs. Spurs, Man United. Boys, what what did you think? I thought it was. I loved watching that game. I thought it was a fantastic game. I was extremely frustrated as soon as Spurs scored. It was just such a bad game. Just kept dropping back and fouls and throw-ins. And John Moss was was not fit to referee the game. Let me say that right away. <laughs> I was gonna message you guys that. I was gonna <laughs> post in like in the group chat and just be like, "This guy has definitely enjoyed his lockdown." Yeah. And, <laughs> And also, do the refs had? Did they have to pass a fitness test to come back here? Because none so, of them, no. like all of them, look a little. They just look a little top heavy, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and just not the most mobile of. of yeah. I don't want to complain about the referee um, too much, just because United didn't win. Just because I seem biased, but he was very bad. Yeah, no, it's 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 all good. I I will complain about refs every game. That's true. Every single game, they they're all terrible. But yeah, uh, Aiden, otherwise, what did you think? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Aiden. Sorry, Jake. You can keep going if you continue, want. Continue, continue, Jake. Uh, I was just going to say, otherwise, uh, <laughs> I was really happy when the game, when Pogba and Greenwood came on, because that's when United really started pretty much dominating the play. Um, you know, Pogba had a, a, a couple of chances created in the 30 minutes he was on the field. Um, and he basically kind of showed, like, why he should have started the game. Like, he was, he was incredible. He was probably the best player on the field. Definitely. Sorry, Jake. You just cut out there for a sec. Oh, my bad. He was the best player on the field. Wait, Aiden, did you hear? Thoughts? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree that Pogba was the best player on the field when he came on. Throughout the game, I thought definitely for United. I can't really pick out a Spurs. It was a typical Mourinho performance. Like I could barely even pick out one of their players that was like absolutely amazing, other than maybe Lloris and then that, that one Eric Dyer block that he had. Um, yeah, that goal that they United conceded, as Jake said, was just really frustrating for the whole game because it was just yeah. like just they were like, just retreating after that. Yeah, cacophony of friggin' mistakes. Like three players or four players just just making mistakes. There, Shaw with the header should have chested it down, in my opinion. Um, and then Maguire, as Michael Owen rightly said, turning like a fairy there, just absolutely. <laughs> terrible defending just leaving it i thought lindelof should have slid over a bit quicker and tried to make the tackle and then obviously just can we get dean henderson back because 
that was just shock and keeping just punching into his own net when it was straight down the throat yeah but uh that, that yeah it was a fifa goal other than that i don't know like what some people were watching they were united fans but i saw a lot of like split opinions on luke shaw i absolutely hated his performance in the match i'm tired of watching him uh <laughs> even though i have his kit i'm probably one of the only people that owns that guy's kit from when he was transferred in his first season <laughs> but i'm just tired of watching him i don't know people say he was good going forward i was not watching that you can complete some short passes but that's about it it just makes me laugh that you that you got luke shaw kit it just cracks me up do you remember his potential <laughs> in southampton he was a legend I- uh, no, I know he's supposed to be amazing, but just now looking back, like I think I sent a, pic- a picture to Jake. It was like a United training video. To, to be fair to Luke Shaw, that guy in the, the, the training video where I saw him compared to uh, his physique in that game must have lost like <laughs> must have lost a lot of weight in like a week or two whenever, whenever I saw that video because he, he was looking a little. He was looking very, very rough in the training video. Jake, what do, you, what, what do you think? Like, the transformation was incredible. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, just whatever you said, I agreed with it pretty much. Didn't have anything yeah. anything extremely important to nice. add to it. What about um, – Nice. I thought – I don't know about you guys, but you might as well not even have played with Harry Kane up top. He was absolutely anonymous in this game. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know he was on the pitch. Yeah, he had more touches in, uh, in his own box than United's box. There you go. I don't yeah. know. I just no, it's just frustrating play. playing against Mourinho. And then Martial, yeah. for the most part, I was a little bit disappointed, but it's hard for me to really judge when the team was sitting so deep and they were just cutting off the space where Bruno could get in between the lines to to kind of play. Like so I don't know, I was yeah. I wasn't really that dis- I wasn't super disappointed, but in a way I was. And I guess he still had that mm-hmm. good chance that was a spectacular save from Loris. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Lloris, I thought he played really well. And uh, like like we said in the previous episode, in in uh, in your guys' prediction and preview to the game, um, you mentioned how you're nervous. Specific, mostly, well, first of all, there's Harry Kane coming back, which is he's obviously an elite level striker. Turns out, didn't, didn't he was disconnected from the team? In my opinion, didn't. Didn't look very very quick out there. Not that he's the fastest player, but in my opinion, didn't really look fit. No, not um, even. But was just don't just like not really uh, connecting well with the rest of the team. But that was obviously the defensive Mourinho system, and that was the main thing. You guys said you're nervous. You didn't know what sort of especially yeah, what Mourinho's mind games and the what to expect from Mourinho. Did he have a plan? Turns out it was just classic Mourinho park <laughs> parking the bus and hitting on the counter and and. Uh, relying on, I guess you can call it, you can call it individual brilliance, but the Steven Bergevine, uh, Mm. his goal, it was really was a FIFA goal. And Mm -hmm. that, that leads me out of the question. Do you guys think with like, is David De Gea, can you consider him a top goalkeeper? Cause you guys, you guys are United fans, but even from a neutral perspective, in my opinion, maybe two seasons ago, I thought David De Gea was up there top three best goalkeepers in the world with, with like Yano Black and I. I always I thought Al, I've always thought Allison Becker has been amazing, but with Yano Black, I really thought De Gea was right up there. But do you guys consider him to even be an elite level goalkeeper anymore? Especially when you see 
someone like Dean Henderson performing uh, as well as he is at Sheffield? Yeah, um, I'll go first just because I know I'm I'm more biased towards the hair than than probably Aiden is in in a bad way for me. I still would think just to give the hairs maybe like another season just because just because from what I've seen, like we've all seen the incredible saves that he makes. So we know that he's capable of doing it. Um, obviously I'm not denying that he's making like too many mistakes that are costing, you know, like very valuable points, but I don't know. I just feel like he's a goalie that can just pull out like a, a save that maybe like 5% of goalies can make. So I just think it's, it's valuable to have someone like that in net, but um, obviously I can't really hide the fact that his, his form's not, not really good anymore, but um, I would still keep him a little bit, just give him another chance, but his chances are definitely running out. Um, I'm sure Aiden has a different thoughts to that. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I think it all really depends on what they what they want to do. Not so much even with De Gea, but more what they want to do with Henderson, kind of the future goalie of the club, or whether whether you're going to keep De Gea or not. But something I'll say about De Gea is I heard that um, I heard that one of the reasons why he was so brilliant under Van Howe was with the I can't remember the goalkeeper coach that they had, but that goalkeeper coach that they had at that time under Van Howe was more. Um, more into integrating uh, De Gea into the into doing uh, goalkeeper training with the team instead of individual goalkeeper training where you're just getting set shots uh, like every day from the same guy uh, kind of yeah. thing. So, oh, yeah. so he's not he's not in his training um, now. He's he's been flipped back to having more individual training. So he's just getting set shots from the same guy from the same positions every day. With which just doesn't his happen, style yeah. of, of shots, which doesn't happen in a real match. And then he's also yeah. probably been focusing more on playing out of the back under Ole instead of kicking it long. I'm not too sure uh, mm-hmm. how that would affect him. But personally, if it was a normal window, I'd still try to cash in on whatever values left of him and bring Henderson back in. Um, but I think they're just going to uh, give him one more season. Also, I don't really think it's probably feasible to offload him anywhere except for – maybe like a Juventus or something like that with like his cl- yeah. RPSG with his colossal wages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are my opinions. I think he'll stick around. Um, and think, even, yeah, even though like he's made a few mistakes, I, and that it cost us points in the moment. I still think it's kind of harsh. Cause rem- I remember like two seasons ago, how many times like we'd say, wow, like, in three seasons ago and under Van Howe, like how many times yeah, he saved he singles handedly saved the match and Yeah. Maybe I, that's I why just, I can't get over it. Just two player two players of the years in a row. So I could, I'm just thinking about back to those those years. I'm saying that's what he's capable of. But mm-hmm. yeah, knows? I'm not excusing mm-hmm. I don't I'm not excusing his mistakes in any way. Yeah. Like I was the first to say like he should have saved Yeah, that. well he's I, was, I think he's leading I think at this point, I think he might have surpassed Jordan Pickford for most um, cause both of them statistically from what I've seen, uh, statistically have been very, very poor, uh, mm-hmm. this season, but I'm pretty sure it, and I know De Gea and Pickford were tied for like most conceded goals from mistakes or something. I think with that one, if you considering that a mistake from the Bergevin, mm-hmm. um, I consider if, you, it. if you consider that a mistake, he might be leading, which doesn't mean like one or two mistakes. Like it's, it's frequent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from an un- unbiased perspective, I-, I I agree with you guys. Like everybody knows how good he was a couple of seasons ago, and like back when United were just kind of, like it, it was quite often. Even even last season, 
where he's still falling off. Was it last season against Spurs where he saved like it was in, like he saved like like 15 shots or something? Yeah, it was last January in that game. Yeah, like incredible, like has one-off performances like that. But like you said, Aiden is it's not it's not feasible with his wages and even with the tra- a smaller transfer fee to offload him right now and he still he still has that quality to provide but it is about the when i when i see united right now with ole and with all of the youth that they're trying to bring not trying to they're successfully bringing them through and starting to really integrate them with the squad i think they should try if if they want to keep that philosophy of bringing the young players and integrating the united academy products into the first team they need to get Henderson in as quickly as they can, but like, is it feasible to get rid of De Gea? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was thinking today, after I was just reading stuff. Not, not to go back to Ars. I'll go back to Arsenal for a sec here. But Arsenal, obviously, Leno. I saw Leno is out for like I think it was like nine months or a year or something. Like it's a long time. He was very yeah. unlucky with the injury, but. With that being said, Arsenal were linked with Joe Hart. Ooh. Yeah, like who that. I don't <laughs> who Burnley, yeah, David Luiz, Joe Hart, and, and Mustafi at the back. Wow. But uh, in all seriousness, though, what if Dean Henderson went to somebody like Arsenal? And it also made me think, is Arsenal on the same level as Sheffield United? But then, you know, Arsenal are going to face more shots than Sheffield mm-hmm. you know, like than than the blades are do you know what I mean and I think you know if like because I think one more season on loan for Henderson because you can't get rid of De Gea right now mm-hmm. but Henderson from like what you've shown statistically in the performances the only time I've seen Dean Henderson make a mistake this season has Liverpool. been uh, against Liverpool and I don't even blame him for that because I swear Liverpool get that sort of goal like that is a yeah. common goal for them i'm not i'm not trying to be it is actually anti-liverpool no, yeah it's it's completely biased i mean anti-liverpool but it's incredible i've never seen anything like it but uh i think he like i think he could step in right now for united and i think he he should but i don't think it's feasible for the club with with the hey you don't want him unsettled but um i I also think uh, moving on from from the goalkeeping situation, like we said last week with Pogba and what is this rolling United's team? I think like one thing we can say about Pogba, I thought he was amazing when he came on, drew drew the penalty, but the one play and you guys would have seen it, it was all over social media. Anybody listening, you probably saw it. The one play, and this is what we mean when we say he like like. You don't need the analysis. You don't need the stats and or whatever to see what a good player he is. When he got the ball, I think he just chested it once, and I think it was a half volley, through ball over the top, right onto Rashford's foot for uh, for a chance. Unfortunately, Rashford just didn't fully control it. Yeah, but it just was a crazy took the pass. entire took yeah, incredible pass, like like world class. I when I when I saw it, I thought I thought only Messi. Uh, De Bruyne, maybe like Tony Cruz, if, if given time. Only those play and Pogba. Only those players can play the pass in the world, in my opinion. Who, who Paul Scholes right can now. come out of retirement and do that. <laughs> stop! Stop! Michael but, Carrick as well. We've seen a few of them at our okay, club. Okay, stop! 
No, we don't need to talk about United from like a hundred years ago. We, we've heard enough about that in the media. Wow. And, uh, wow. But, sorry. I just, Hey, I'm going to say it. It's true. A hundred years but, ago. Yeah. That's a, the last time Everton won a trophy. Hey, stop. stop. <laughs> okay, stop. Yeah, I know. I'll mute you guys. I will, I will cancel this whole thing. That's, that's uncalled for. <laughs> but fair, fair enough. Um, yeah, Everton's best I don't know what player to say now. was wearing the, the long sleeve hey, shirt DF on the sidelines stop. there. Stop. You don't, Duncan Ferguson. Stop. Done. <laughs> oh. All right. We're. We're done with that. I was just trying to compliment Pogba here, guys. Yeah, but, no, I, that was a class uh, pass. Sorry. Yeah. It was world class. <laughs> no. You are right. Probably only him, De Bruyne, and then a couple of years ago, Tony Cruz, but he wouldn't be able to turn around fast enough these days to play that one. Very Le- true. Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi could do that with his weak foot. I'm just saying. Uh, he could. Yeah, I don't know if he's big yeah. enough to kick the ball that far. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um but yeah, that's like that's what we mean when we say you don't need stats to see how good Pogba is. The technique, the vision, like the quality's all there. Argue like you could argue that Pogba deserves to be in a team in like Juventus where he's playing that to Ronaldo and Ronaldo. I don't know. Ronaldo hits <laughs> hits that first time on the volley instead of Rashford like not mm-hmm. controlling it and puts it away. And if you're if you're gonna make that argument, I'm just pointing that out. But yep. um, yeah. we also mentioned. The, the the midfield three and in my opinion after watching that game we we said that if you're going to play Pogba and Bruno Fernandez together that you need McTominay to uh, sit in behind and protect and do all the dirty work and I I have slightly I think I may have changed my my opinion on the United midfield three because of how good they were when Bruno and Pogba were on uh, with with like Rashford's a great player and yet Martial up front and Dan James so much pace I think I I I would just adopt the Liverpool style and just go all out attack for now because I don't think you know I even I I don't know I just don't trust them against the best team when it comes to defending I think they should just try to score as many goals as they can put Fred in there for the energy and just try to go all out attack well, they conceded three goal or one goal against City in two matches in the league, and kept a clean no, sheet. No, I'm just yeah, but then you see the defending for Bergwijn, where like Maguire, just what is he doing there, turning like yeah. the Titanic? Yeah, but against the best teams, that's the thing. They're not going to Spurs. No offense to them, they're not one of the best teams. They were just sitting back there, like United would be in a lower defensive block, like Maguire at the halfway line. Anyone can blow by him. He's slow as fuck when he's sitting deeper and he has time to read the play and just be like a blocker, like a stopper at the back, he's <laughs> yeah. a lot better with the aerial duels. Just, just like that's why Van Dyke is so good. He's like a combination of like Maguire with like a ton of pace and he's good at reading the game. Like Maguire and Van Dyke. I, honestly- I think you may, I think you just may have disrespected Van Dyke by comparing no. Maguire. Well, no, there. if you compare the aerial duels, they're not that far off. That's oh, all I'm saying. I know. The aerial duels saying. aren't that far off. I'm I'm literally giving him a compliment, saying like that's no, why he's I'm, so good. Is he? It's fine. Okay, sorry. You just want to disrespect him on the segment, so it's fine. Jake, what do you think? I don't know what I think. Jeez, no one it, at Everton could lace Paul Scholes' not, boots, and you want to disrespect him on this podcast? Come <laughs> on. Hey, I'm not trying to disrespect. I'm just giving my opinion. I just think their attacks fantastic, 
that they should just go all out attack every single game because in the low block, like or anybody who's parking the bus, when you when you see how effective it was when you have Pogba and Bruno on, even though McTominay was on, but didn't he get moved back to center back for a little bit? Until yeah, they when they subs? when they switched to back three. Just from just from what I've seen of Fred this season, he wasn't good last season, but from what I've seen him this season, um, and even that game, he was the engine, and he can still play the progressive passes. If you're trying to break break down the teams who are just sitting back and score as many goals as you can, you need the the creativity. If you just put all three of those guys in there, I think they could probably break down any team. Like the Pogba and Bruno Fernandez link up was like everything one touch. They could get they. They were that one ball to was it Martial where it was just like one two straight onto his foot. Yeah, from Bruno. Really good save by Lloris. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, that was. Yeah, well, I mean that was a good save. That'd be a goal against most yeah. other players. So. Yeah. All my my whole point was just I think if if United need that creativity originally I said put Pogba and Bruno and McTominay in there and now I just think for for the sake of creating as many chances because I thought it was very entertaining when they were both on. Just keep Fred on instead of McTominay and just create as many chances as you yeah, can. Don't I definitely, worry about the defending. Just try to outscore them. I agree with you, but not against the big sides. I think that's good against like almost every team except for like City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like the low, the like any side that's going to try to defend more, or anything that's trying to be defensive. Oh, okay, I think you might have mixed up your words at the beginning. That's why I was confused. I think you might. I have probably said the big no, sides at first, so that's why I was all confused. No, 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 I probably did, but my my my, my, my point was, well, no, dude, it was probably mine. If if you if you, uh, yeah, if you pointed that out, I'm j- I just talk. You guys know that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, to break down the teams, I would just put the weaker teams. Yeah, okay, let's put it this way. The weaker teams just don't even worry about putting McTominay into shield. Put You can put Fred in there. His tackling statistics are good enough, and you can see he's got the work rate to do it. Yeah. And just try to score as many goals as possible. Even if they are the weaker teams, you might get exposed against like Crystal Palace on the counterattack by like Zaha or something. Mm-hmm. But against those weaker teams and i don't mean to say crystal palace is a weaker team they've had a great season um i think they should just try to score as many goals as possible and when they play against like man city put mctominay in um and they might they'll have to be more conservative but for the sake of entertainment i just want to see those three fred pogba and bruno all in the midfield three so so what do you think about like a team against sheffield like i was calling for just they obviously need i think they need to start Pogba and Bruno in the midfield against Sheffield. These, I think yeah, Pogba, they'll probably put Matic, Bruno, and Pogba. Yeah. Yeah, well, they have to rotate. So, for the next one, yeah, probably they'd have to put Matic in just because of the, the leg, like McTominay and Fred, or they need to be, like, cycled. But Yeah, and United they, play in the FA Cup three days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think – Still competing on like, many fronts. Yeah, just as an overall strategy against the um, like the weaker teams, just try to outscore them. Even if you can see yeah. one or two, if you score four, three, four, five, then then that works. My yeah, that makes point. that does make sense too. Because honestly, I, I know I was trying to say Maguire is is like 
he's good. Like, I don't even think he's that good. He is, like, he is good. I just – Harry Maguire is one of those players that you make fun of. He, he just is. You yeah. know what I mean. He is yeah, one of those no. guys. <laughs> no, but Jake, and, Jake he, and I always say, like, we don't even, like, really, like, like him that much. Like, he has boosted up our defense a lot. So, I guess that's why we yeah. like him. But I don't know. I don't want to talk yeah. to Jake. But, like, I feel like you are kind of right because – I don't really trust like Lindelof and Maguire's defensive positioning anyways, like sometimes yeah. on the counter attack. So like we've seen them get like concede some pretty poor goals against, against smaller sides. So I think, yeah, it would kind of be, I know I don't want to harp back to the old days and make you angry, but it would kind of be a Sir Alex Ferguson approach to just win like five, two and five, three, a lot of games. Yeah, I know. It's like that, and which is just entertaining. That's all yeah. everybody wants to see. Besides coaches, that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants to see is just as many goals as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. My my last point, and you guys may heavily disagree with this. I think I think Jake, I think you will. But Mason Greenwood, with the philosophy and with Ole bringing in all of the youth, I like in. I know you got you guys are gonna come with the stats here, but I don't rate Anthony Martial that highly at all. And I think in many of these games, and I hope Mason Greenwood gets a lot more starts than he has been, uh, than he has been given. Obviously, his first season, he's very young. But when I watch that kid play, that like Mason Greenwood is a special player, and I think his ceiling. If you every time he's on the field, he like every single time he looks like he's gonna score. He almost mm-hmm. scored the winner in that, just barely missed the post. The commentators yeah. made it seem like it went <laughs> wide, like wide. It, no. it literally, yeah, I know they're like a couple feet. I was like, what are you saying? Yeah, it no. barely, I thought he scored when he hit it. So just this is an, just another hot day. I'm just trying to create controversy and discussion here. That's that's all I'm trying to do. But like Mason Green at his age, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do: create controversy and and uh, and anger. Really, uh, I Greenwood at his age has such a high ceiling, and with how uh, I think always managed him really well in bringing him through. But I I hope, and I'd like to see him start over Anthony Martial just for like just for a little bit, just to see how he does. Because every time I've seen him, like he's already, he's already, is he 17 right now? 17, 18? Yeah. 16, 14, two. 13? How old? <laughs> he's like 18, 17, yeah. 18. 17, 18, 18. He, he's, already, he's already, like physically, he looks ready. He's able to hold his own against like guys who are 30, like Premier League center backs. And his finishing, he's two footed. His finishing is unreal. I just want to see him given the chance because. I know Martial's got skill here, here and there, and he does like he scores against Everton every single time they play. But for the most part, I just don't. I, you can see he's got ability. I just don't rate him highly, and he's not consistent in his scoring. What, what, what do you guys think about that? For me, I'll go first because I know Jake's a bit could be uh, he could be Marshall FC as as I'd say in the United <laughs> fan base, but. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, for me, I kind of see a similar problem with with Martial as I do to Luke Shaw. It's not like their ability is lacking at all. I think there's just like his just their work rate and their attitude is just what holds them back a bit. I think it's gotten a lot better yeah. under Ole because he was not happy under Mourinho. But I don't know. I I still think it's 
it's she's been had a big improvement this season but i think that the whole idea is just to bring like greenwood along slowly even though like in a dream world like even at the start of the season like from just like a selfish point of view jake and i were always calling to see greenwood like every single game i think that's mm-hmm. not really uh really the plan for him right now to transition him like i know it's like the old saying at united like if you're if you're old enough, you're good enough or yeah, whatever. You're, but you're, Yeah, if you're good enough, yeah. you're old enough. Yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't really, I don't really think that's they're, they're going to do that. I think they're going to stick with Martial. But I just don't know if his, if his work rate and his movement, like some, some games, like if you're playing against a team with like a, where you're dominating the ball and, and they're a bit more open, like that last game against Spurs, until he got those – those couple of chances where we had to force it on like with Bruno and Pogba and he, he had a couple chances. I didn't really even notice him on the pitch. Like I was saying like the whole first half mm-hmm. to Jake, I was like, I'm not really noticing like Martial at all. I know that's just one game. It's a small sample size, but I honestly though, I want to see Greenwood. I think his, even though eventually he'll go to number nine, I just want it. And I know they want to make him into like one position. I wanted to see him on the right there just for the last game. Just I know Dan James has a lot of pace and everything, and I think uh, his combination from him assisting to Rashford is like uh, tied for the third highest assist to goals combination in the league. But I think Greenwood just has a lot more quality, even at his young age. Uh, he does. I yeah. saw a couple of those yeah. crosses from Dan James, and I was just thinking, you're he's yeah. very very quick, but just yeah. overhitting the crosses, but. And Greenwood is, like, I know these stats aren't always the best, but he has recorded the fastest sprint at the club. And I don't know if you know, Jack, but over the lockdown, he put on, like, three kilograms of muscle. So he's he's been bulking he, up, like, quite a bit. He did he did look like he was in slightly better shape than, in better shape than Luke Shaw. Let's say that. He, yeah, he did look a yeah. lot, a lot but, more fit, much stronger, that sort of thing. But just to finish, I think it's one of those where, like, Martial, I don't know. Like, I feel like we almost have to write off, like, I know, I, I know it sounds stupid, but you kind of have to write off, like, kind of things that happened under Mourinho because he clearly, just for a long period, did not have the players on side. And I feel like it seemed yeah. like Martial, Rashford, and Pogba were, like, some of those players that did, clearly did not like him. And he's had a big step yeah. up this season. But from what I've heard also is that, like, Solskjaer has been looking at different number nines. So we'll see what mm-hmm. Jake thinks. Yeah, um, well, I'm just going to start off because when Jack was saying that whole sentence saying I'm not going to like it, I thought he was going to say Mason Greenwood's overrated, but I'm glad he's <laughs> No, 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 he's, he's rated. He is very yeah. good. Every time I've seen him, he is amazing. He's yeah. very good. So I was just thinking, I'm glad Jack is not that stupid. Um, but yeah, so if there's anyone listening, Anthony Martial is my favorite player. Um, definitely my favorite player at United, so that's why um, – that was that whole question, but yeah, he frustrates me too. Cause me and Aiden, when we were watching the game too, we were also commenting. We're like, Oh, like how many times, like the, this guy, like he sometimes he'll run in behind, but it'll be very rarely. And then sometimes you won't even see him. And you're like some games like against Watford before the break, he looked like he was like R nine. And then in this game, like Aiden said, you could barely see him. So it is, it is frustrating. Cause with his consistency and, um, I was reading an article too, where like several of his coaches, like Ranieri, they they even told him like to his face. He said, "If you if you actually tried your best to be the best player that you could be, you'd be like the best player in the world." But he does. It just seems like he doesn't have the attitude for it. Um, but yeah, that makes me sad. Obviously, he's my favorite player. Um, so I just want to say good things about him. But 
Mm-hmm. It is it is a little frustrating in some games. We're like, oh, just just run a little more. Like just take a take your shots or your passes quick or just just some basic stuff. But it is it's very frustrating. Yeah, he he might be like this is just uh, not statistical. Or one second. When I just watched, yeah, go ahead. He does if he's not even giving effort, a lot of effort. He still has more league goals than Richarlison. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna get on to one last thing because you've just got under my skin here. I need to pull up the stats for anybody listening. What uh, is that? Uh, perfect segue uh, to the Everton game, slightly, or what? Slightly, uh, just no, 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 just slightly frustrated. Uh, you can see, in my opinion, when you watch Martial, natural ability. He's probably the most naturally gifted out of United's attacking options. They're like forwards, not midfielders. Probably was the best at the club. But I think other he's got than, more natural Greenwood. ability. Greenwood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh. When it, no. Okay. I'm gonna, when it comes to like 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 dribbling, dribbling, dribbling yeah, 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 dribbling. Yeah, that's I'll give you that. He looks like he looks like much. He's more natural at it than rasher like like skills and dribbling Na- that's what i mean like natural talent greenwood is like very very good but um the last thing i will say on united Aiden, is uh another hot take oh no it's all hot take i'm just trying to create controversy well I can't it, wait to get on to everton it'll us. be it'll be great when we get on to everton <laughs> all right i would just it's just one thing i'd like to point out and something uh that I think is really important towards United season is that currently they're on pace to break the record for the number of penalties that they've had in the, in a premier league season. I think what are, what are they currently on? They're on like, they're on like 15 or something. This season. You've got to put the teams in position to give away penalties. You've got to get them behind them and put them in perilous positions. If you're not doing that, not, they're not going to struggle. I'm just saying it's I don't old, know if that's United's fault. <laughs> I, I think I think there's an over-reliance on penalties from from United this season to get points. I'm just saying that is an incredible number of penalties to be getting over the course of the season. Um, especially since Bruno came in. I swear they've had a penalty every – Every single game. I'm just the ch- saying the chance like, creation has gone through the roof compared to before. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying overall. That I is just true. Think that United fair. It is not 14. A, Only 11 penalties received. Oh, okay. In the Premier League, it was like yeah. 16 or something in the well, o- overall. But that's fine. Liverpool, in the have, League. Liverpool have gotten double the amount of VAR decisions of that. So. <laughs> fine <laughs> this this is also paired with my my anger towards the fact that it's been like 10 years since everton have got a, a penalty they haven't had a penalty in the premier league this season uh so Aiden, just to go back to your point if everton got even five five penalties for charleston would be up there in the in the scoring He'd be he doesn't really get penalties because he has a reputation of going down easily he goes down not anymore not since I've ever seen. not since dunk not since Duncan Ferguson has come in. Before we've had this discussion already, but before he used to go down for everything. He's not bad anymore. He also gets kicked all game. But that—that's all I wanted to say is that I think you know, like United have gotten a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties this season that have bailed bailed them out and got them points. Do you, can we can we agree on that? We we can disagree. We can agree. 
Mm-hmm. They just seem they've gotten a lot of penalties. Uh, yeah, and if you take they, away, are you not if you take to, away those penalties? I know, I know they're not scoring from open play. You can say, but like, if those people were not struggling and had to take them down, say from behind or something, do you not think that that's a clear cut chance that they could score? Yeah, but, no, I know what you mean, but I'm just like, I don't think all of all of them would have been penalties. Yeah. But you love well, just the overreliance on. Facts. The overreliance of yeah, you on well, these facts of Everton getting ripped off over the last three seasons is okay, starting to me out. All right. We'll move on, but that's all I wanted to say. It's just I think they have gone a little bit for – like they've put themselves in the position to get the penalties, but the penalties have gotten them a lot of points and bailed them out in certain cases. It's not, um, it's not would, United's it, fault Tom Davies couldn't finish from five yards out yesterday. I'm not, that, I'm not blaming fault? you for that. We're, okay, we're getting I thought you were that. about to. The viewers might not know what you're talking about yet if, if we haven't discussed that game. So we'll move in before I get even more frustrated here. Um, we'll move into the, the Watford-Leicester game. I'm going to be honest, I didn't see that one. I was at work. What, what, did you guys see that? Ian, did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I did. That was the game that uh, Chilwa had the cracker of a goal. And then Dawson with the overhead kick. Right yeah. After. <laughs> that, was na- that was pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. Honestly, I don't know. Leicester were missing the target like tons with their shots. Like they weren't very efficient yeah. in front of goal, which is something right as now. I was watching the game, it was, it was something that I was telling uh, uh, Jake that Vardy takes a ton of shots to actually score goals. And that's another mm-hmm. thing to say about Martial. He's I know this this I don't know if the Werner's shots per game of or shots per goal have gone down, but he was like just over four shots per goal and Martial was like just over two a while back. So mm-hmm. that shows that uh, perhaps I'm not saying he's a better player or a better finisher, but that just shows that he's putting away his chances a little bit more efficiently, which is just something to know. But yeah, I do agree with you just touching. I'm not trying to be like all mad or anything. I do agree with you that United have gotten a little, a lot of penalties. It is a bit concerning. I was expecting them to break through uh, that defense of, uh, of Spurs, especially with Eric Dyer at the back yeah. and, and Aurier. I was expecting them to be able to break through an open play, but I don't know. I, I'll give them a little bit of a let off this time because it was the first game back. But if they're not able to uh, score, I know Sheffield is probably going to try a similar tactic maybe and and just kind of load up on the defenders, but we'll see. Maybe they won't. I don't mm-hmm. know. But if they don't score from open play against Sheffield and they do start Bruno and Pogba, then I'll kind of be looking at a, a bit of trouble. I mean, mm-hmm. they uh, – it's in in one way I like a lot of their players, but I I do know what you mean, like with the all at attack. Because if they do go with McTominay, like I love McTominay and how he can get first to the ball and stuff, but I don't really see like how he how he plays. He doesn't play like a lot of like uh, really like cutting passes. Yeah, forward, like defense splitting passes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So I could see yeah, that not as most like progressive. Yeah, progressive. That's the word I was looking for. Progressive passes. So. That could be another reason why I'm sometimes I'm like, what is Martial doing? Like he hasn't had the ball the whole game, but like, like it's not like Scott. Hopefully, he gets a lot of coaching over the next little while in terms of his passing range and stuff from uh, from Michael Carrick. But maybe that's the reason why Martial 
isn't always featuring the game. He's not getting the service, but we'll see. I don't want to make any excuses. I do agree with your point about the penalties. No, it's, it's all, I would, I would just like to say to, to anybody who's listening when we're joking, all three of us are very good friends and we genuinely, like, we don't get, if, if I say, Oh, I'm frustrated or whatever, I am joking. Not like we don't, we have, we don't fight about these sort of things. We're all just joking and purposely trying, purposely trying to wind each other up. Uh, <laughs> it's it's usually successful <laughs> on my end. Cause it's, it's two, yeah. Two against one here. And I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to fight both of you. I've only gotten, I think the only time I've truly gotten angry was last season. Before we move on here, so was last penalty. season when 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 Martial do- when Idrissa Gonaga at Old Trafford dove after uh, no Ghana won the ball, clean tackle. Martial dove, United got the penalty. It was a it was a clear like one of the cleanest tackles I've ever seen in Pogba took the longest run up I've ever seen in my life. And then it was saved. And then the rebound went straight to him and he scored and then shushed the crowd. And that, <gasps> that, that is the only time I've lost my mind. But and then Jack that, broke the TV yeah. in the remote. Yes. No, for no, 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 no. <laughs> for context, he did, we, we, he did throw the remote the and, and it hit the, the freezer, put a dent in the freezer, almost hit Aiden in the head. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was, I was, I was furious, and that was. <laughs> I hope that was a one-off. But when, when we're discussing this stuff on here, we're joking when we wind each other up. Uh, don't, don't think we're actually. Uh, we don't hate don't each think other. We're actually angry at yeah. each other. Also, don't, don't think I have an anger problem. Anyway, I, I don't. It's just that, <laughs> that one time. That was a. That, I'm getting a little upset thinking about it. So we'll move. We'll move on. Uh, Jake, thoughts on Lester? Lester Watford. Quick thoughts. We'll we'll move on quickly here. I was yeah, it was good. I was also disappointed just because it was a, another nil nil game until late on. But I'm I'm not. I'm usually disappointed if there's no goals, so there's nothing new there. But yeah, like Aiden said, there were two great goals in the game. Um, Chilwell, I didn't didn't even think he was shooting it. Um, it's also just my opinion, just in general. I don't think Chilwell's as good as most people say he is yet. But I think obviously he's very good. He's got a chance to improve, blah blah blah. Um, but I wasn't wasn't expecting him to take a shot there. I just thought he was going to try to cross it across, try to cross it across to see if someone could tap it in. But um, but yeah, it was pretty impressive. And then Craig Dawson not was not expecting him to try a bicycle kick off off that corner there. Um, he's not not the first person that would come to mind when you say um, he would score a, a bicycle kick, but. But yeah, just also as Malasar, he really impressed me too during the whole game. He was always trying to get, uh, trying to, trying to get in behind or trying to create something. He had a couple of good chances, good crosses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, he played really well, and I was just happy to watch him play. Oh yeah, sorry, I had a mm-hmm. couple more things to add about the game because before I was just riled up, and I was obviously still thinking about United. I wasn't really riled up, but I was still <laughs> thinking about what you were <laughs> saying about United and just processing. It's all good. Now I've gotten back yeah, to the Leicester game and. Um, I was uh, really impressed with a couple players on Leicester. Uh, Gray, Damari Gray, when he came on, he really made an instant impact, created a couple chances and assisted the goal to Chilo with a cross-field ball. And then it was uh, Justin, the right back, filling in for Pereira. He was actually class. He was unbelievable. He was, like, leading the game in, like, interceptions, tackles, and, like, a bunch of different things. So I was really impressed with that guy. And then also, it's interesting to note – 
Soyeon Chu, this guy's an absolute speed demon, clocking the, the second fastest uh, sprint time in all of Europe. I don't know. And that I, really? I am, yeah, 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 this season, just behind Bruno Henrique wow. of Flamengo. So that's why I was going to piece in Alfonso Davies having the fourth fastest uh, sprint time in all of Europe. And it's just impressive that a center back like Soyuncu, that's why I think that uh, Chilwell honestly doesn't get caught out so much, even though I think he is a liability, is because he has Soyuncu beside him. Yeah. He's always covering for him. And and indeed he as well. So uh, Mm. hopefully if he does go to Chelsea, those center backs back there don't get exposed because I know they are good good ball-playing center backs, but I don't know if they're as good of defenders as Soyuncu and an experienced Johnny Evans. Maybe if uh, Arsenal don't don't uh, don't renew David Luiz's contract, he'll go back to Chelsea. There you go. That would definitely help. There you go. It worked perfectly. David Luiz and Chilwell. Just no no defending on that side. But uh, we'll move we'll move on because I, I I'm gonna be honest, I was working. I didn't see that game. I just saw I saw the I saw the Chilwell goal. Did He's undedicated. Walker, but <laughs> yes, that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> Just another another dig at me. Just yeah. another one. That's fine. Just rocking them oh, up. And, oh, Ducore should have scored early. I remember oh, yeah? Ducore should have buried. He's good. But anyways, he does. He oh does yeah, get in the, you're he right. He gets into the box so much. He yeah, now gets that gets into the box, Ducore. Now that he's playing in the number ten position, bit of a different yeah. role, but he's decent. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Uh, next game because we spoke about Arsenal and the calamity that is currently going on at that club uh west ham wolves with yeah. i saw i did gonna be honest i was working i didn't see this game but i did see pedro neto's goal what a goal yeah probably the best <laughs> what goal a goal of the on weekend. the volley <laughs> just yeah it was definitely the best goal of the weekend what did you what did you guys uh thoughts on that game i heard and read that adam atrori was incredible yep i'll play um unsatisfied once again another nil nil until late on um but yeah once Adama Traore <laughs> came on he was he obviously you could tell they wanted to give him the ball as much as possible and just racing down the right wing putting crosses in um no one could stop him uh he created the first goal with his with actually a, a pretty great cross which um you don't normally before the season associate with him you associate him with like very good skill but not the end product but that was a great cross um he put it right on Raul Jimenez's head, so he, he almost couldn't miss. And he was uh, involved in the second one, too. He got the ball, drove up the field, and passed it back to uh, Doherty, who crossed it in, and Pedro Neto had the volley. So, so yeah, he pretty much transformed the game when he came on. But, um, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, Thanks. I agree with, like, basically everything Jake was saying about Wolves. And from a from a first, like, a West Ham perspective, I guess, and a first-half perspective, the game was pretty shocking, like – pretty boring in my opinion in the first half not really much going on and West Ham's I guess quote-unquote better players did not turn up at all that they they have better players I guess Felipe Anderson he was basically non-existent for me there and then uh, Four Niles making a big error I thought he should have cut it back to Antonio but he just blazes it high and wide on the volley there that was all that I really saw some from West Ham. They were pretty poor, as we were predicting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll let, I'll, Jake basically covered everything from a Wolves perspective. Yeah. Just, I think Wolves real, like, I know we said it before, but I think Wolves really are the, the ones to watch pushing, pushing from Europe, from the like non-traditional besides, besides Leicester, I think Leicester are going to get, get champions league football. But I think it really is for that. I think, 
for that fourth spot because I'm I'm going Liverpool, Man City. Uh, uh, I think in Chelsea, Chelsea might get up there. It's between Leicester and Chelsea, but on the, the other teams, spot. I think it is. Oh, that is true. Well, yeah, it, we we don't know what happens with Man City until. So it's um, all it's all to play for. Okay, it's all it's all to play for. Yeah, fair enough. Wolf, all I'm trying to say, Wolves is uh, Wolves is definitely one to watch because I think the, like the way that they play, everything Jack, about the club right now. Okay, Jack, who's getting fifth? Wolves, uh, Man United, or Sheffield United, or Tottenham, or Chelsea, or Chelsea? If you want to say I mean, that United to, are going to cash them, I'd have to look five. at the fixture. I'd have to look at the fixtures every to see who like who has to play who, but. Uh, I think right now United look very good, and I think Ole's definitely going to go with the Pogba Bruno combo with Scott in behind. But then again, these days you can't you can't trust United. But Wolves with the system, Wolves are definitely dark horse, and Chelsea just have a million players at that club to choose from who are like like they have incredible squad depth. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm not I'm not well not, fence sitter. I'm not saying United. <laughs> I am I'm sitting right on the fence. Because Everton are going to come through and steal that. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Um, next game. Pow- next season, lads. Next season. It's fine. The other uh, side of Merseyside maybe. is now cropping up with that crap. Next season. Okay. How many years? 30 years That's of that from Liverpool. It. it was a joke. It was a I joke. Know. I know. It was a joke. I know. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Palace 2, Bournemouth nil. I saw that game and I did not think Bournemouth were good at all. But no, I just want to give garbage. credit. I think I think I said this last time out. Uh, Roy Hodgson isn't getting the respect he deserves, especially with Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace's budget and the amount that they're just not spending. Uh, the fact that they kept Zaha in the summer uh, like was a really good sign that they could stay up. But I don't think anybody expected them to do this well. And in this game, I thought they looked really sharp. On Bournemouth's end, from what I saw, uh, I said last episode that David Brooks is going to be key for them if they're going to get anything, especially with their uh, – I think they have a difficult set of fixtures. Um, Very difficult. So oh, he yes. just – yeah, he just came great. back from injury, but he still – like he, he looked like the only dangerous player out there for Bournemouth. I think yeah, he's he looked pretty definitely great. somebody that – He's somebody that that teams uh, who are rebuilding, maybe even an Arsenal, depending on how much money they have to spend, or, or an Everton to fill that right right winger, right midfield position, should be looking at uh, as an op- as an option because I rate him very very highly. Every single time I've seen him, I think he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think though? I thought Palace were very very good in this game, and plus yeah. a very 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 nice free kick. Oh, let's go Luka quickly, Milibovic. Yeah. I'll just yeah. go quickly, Jake, because I this is actually the only game that I didn't watch of the whole weekend. But I just wanted to say that um, that I kind of disrespected Crystal Palace on the last the preview. I, I said that it was kind of a one man team with Zaha, but I guess my football brain was kind of turned off that day because I <laughs> I forgot a lot of the experienced players that they have, like uh, Benteke, Milivojevic, and then just like. Just such a Premier League tandem of a of a backline and Scott Dan and Cahill. Yeah. Uh, so and Kuyata, I actually rated him when he was at West Ham for a lot of years. So, yeah, go on, Jake. I didn't watch the game, but I just sorry for to Crystal Palace that I disrespected them that way. Yeah. Uh, you guys were both pretty much right. I just think 
first off, I think Gary Cahill probably should have gotten a red card, but because it was a high tackle like above the ankle um, on Josh King, and King's now injured and he might miss the rest of the season. So that's another big blow for Bournemouth. But um, the game was already two not two nil at that point, so it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Um, and yeah, like Jack said, David Brooks, he was pretty incredible. Like he didn't obviously no goals, no assists, but he was just coming up with everything that Bournemouth were doing. It was all going through him. He was even even taking the corners. I know it's not it's not like oh like not a great big deal that he's taking the corners, but he's he was involved in literally everything that they were doing. Um and he had to come off with a cramp him too, but that's to be expected after his first game of the season. Um but yeah, I think just thinking of teams that could use them, like I'd love love to see him at maybe Leicester. They haven't really replaced like Mares on the right wing, um, and they'd be playing Champions League, so he could you could see how he'd adapt to that level. But yeah, I'd love it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jack? Do you think that would be? Do you think that would be a good fit for him? I know it's obviously hard to say, but do you think that's a, maybe a bit too big of a step up for him, or do you think that would be good with him at Leicester? I I think it could work. I rate David Brooks really, really highly. Um, Leicester, it looks like they could be in the Champions League. I I think they're going to be in Europe either way, Europa League, Champions League next season. It could be a step up too much. And I think at his age, at least being at Bournemouth, even if they are playing very poorly, uh, he hasn't played this season due to injury. But if if he wasn't injured, he'd be starting and playing every single game. And I think he's at the age now for his development where he needs to be playing 90 minutes or like close to 90 minutes and starting and playing as many games as possible to develop. And I'm not sure because Lester have some good attacking options there. Like um, I, I'm just not sure if he would get be guaranteed that much game time yeah. and that could uh, impact his development. Now, not, not to be biased or anything, but Everton need a right midfielder. Um, in a in the four four two system, that's and I think, um, like uh, it'd be expensive because he just moved there last year. But I think with the the profile of Everton signings, they want the like under twenty three players, and then like the whole point is to develop them into stars. And then because they have money, they don't really have to sell them, or they could sell them to some of the big teams for a lot of money, and then reinvest into the squad. Yep. I think that could be. Uh, not being biased, but it is available right midfield position, and and he would start, and he's very good. And he would improve the team, and he would also, uh, he would also, it would make sense for him with the culture, the young, a lot of young English players in the dressing room between, well, not a lot, I should say, like Tom Davis. You have Calvary Lewin, you have Holgate. It's, that's kind of who I who I think of, but I, I think it would make sense for him to go there. But I I don't think it's too high of a step up. Uh, I think he could do a good job, but for the sake of his development, he'd want to play a lot of a lot of games. I think. Do you, Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that I, means Theo's not cutting it, but yeah. Other than that, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, <laughs> with him being a good fit for Everton. There's not really a lot of other teams that I could see him really going to where he'd need where he'd be getting the football that he he should be at this age um, that are mm-hmm. higher up from that, like a, a Tottenham or like, I can't really see him there at all or a, a Wolves unless they got rid of the Dama or something. Even then I don't really think he would be their type of player. Yeah. And I don't really see him at, at someone like Arsenal. So yeah, I think Everton mm-hmm. would be a logical fit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on now. We have three, three more games to go to. Uh, Newcastle and Sheffield United. Newcastle won 3-0. I didn't see this game, but I have seen some highlights, and I have seen a lot of social media posts saying that the Blades were very, very bad in this game. I'm not sure if Newcastle were that great or if it was that uh, or if it was that United were just very, very bad. What, what do you, what do you guys think? So I don't, I'm, I'm not the best person to speak on this topic here. Yeah, I'll just say, um, defensively, Sheffield United looked pretty average. I want to say garbage, but that might be too harsh. Um, but yeah, they got a red card, so John Egan's out for the game against United, which is obviously beneficial for me. Um, Stevens, the left wing back, on whose goal was it? St. Maxime, I think, mm-hmm. um, on his goal. I, I genuinely don't know how he missed the ball there. Like, as a professional player, just just a big swing yeah. and a miss. I have no idea how that happened. Um, and, I mean, obviously, it's hard to play with, uh, with 10 men, even against Newcastle, but it just wasn't a good day at all for them. Like, Joe Linton even scoring just his second goal um, since joining. So, w- when that happens, you know it's just not your day. Yeah, I think it was kind of like to go back to what Jack was saying. I think it was kind of a combination of both of poor Sheffield and actually like a better Newcastle than you'd expect. Newcastle were kind of getting into some threatening positions and but until the the red card, they weren't really able to capitalize them. Like Joe Linton was pushing the line back and and actually breaking through a couple times and and they were Almiron actually even though I kind of said he wasn't up to standard in my opinion before that could have been a bad take but he actually looked kind of kind of bright in this game and and using a lot of pace to get in behind uh, Sheffield defenders but I think Jake covered it well it was a kind of a it was a first of all a rash uh, yellow card to take his first yellow card from Egan just getting into a verbal spat I believe it was with uh, Joe Linton to get his first yellow and then Mm -hmm. uh, after that it was after he got sent off. It was pretty much, and then same maximum scored from that Stevens error. It was it was pretty much game over because Sheffield weren't really offering anything. And then Matt Matt Ritchie with a sublime finish kind of topped the day off. And then as Jake touched on as well, Joe Linton, if he's able to score against you, even though he did look good, it's not really been a great day at the office. So <laughs> last thing I want to say about this match is like after these couple like lackluster I'd say performances by Sheffield. I'm not sure. It's hard to say because it's lockdown, but like, are the wheels falling off a bit? And in my opinion, if United like can't beat them on Wednesday, I think that just shows a lot about United. Yeah, it'll be a huge blow for sure. I th- I think, and I didn't know this, and I was listening to like a variety of, of podcasts that all mentioned it when discussing Sheffield United going for the European places. I didn't know about their, and it makes a lot of sense, but it really surprised me. Their back line, like their back line, has barely been changed this season. They've been really fortunate with getting like literally no injuries the whole season. And they're, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was something like maybe like eighty percent of games, the the back line was the exact same every single time. So those like their defense is really solid. Not not in that game, but obviously if you saw the the mistakes and the highlights, but. Um, overall, when you that makes sense that they have such a tight defense when you have the same unit working together, coming up from the the championship, but working together all season with no injuries, no interruptions, and just knowing and learning each other's games week in week out. Um, 
but I didn't know that. Um, and maybe they just don't have the depth. And as they rotate, I, I don't know if they have the depth. When you look at their bench, I don't think they do. But they're going to have to rotate. That, that was the point I was trying to make. They're, they're going to have to rotate. Um, this was their second game. I, to be honest, I don't know if they changed changed their their back line or not. But that could have been a. Uh, no, I don't believe they did. There, but, Same back line. Uh, they didn't. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. That kind yeah. of disproves my whole point here. But they're going to have to continue to rotate. But maybe they just don't have the depth, especially as the yeah. games are going to come thick and fast. Maybe it's <laughs> that. That's the point I'll I'll go with. But no, you're you're. I think you're right. Just before we move on, I think you're right about them. Like, usually for center back partnerships and defenses, it's the ones that have been together the longest are the ones that you want to play. Like in the obviously in the big games, but are usually the most successful. But also, I think that I don't want to keep banging on about them, and I'm not being biased here. But like Dean Henderson is up for player of the season for Sheffield, so it's probably a big yeah. reason why that their defense has probably looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah that's, now, that's now they true. now they will have to rotate, as Jake said, with Egan getting the yellow card. They will have to or red card, sorry, not yellow card, red card, two yellows. They will have to rotate in uh, midweek <laughs> against United. So we'll see the depth that you're talking about. Jack Yelka yeah. on the bench. Yeah. Ooh, that might right. be rough. Hey, Ooh. He's exper- experience. <laughs> Jack experience. Rodwell coming into the team. There you go. Hey, hey, you know, Jack Yelka scored against uh, Arsenal last season, the winner. So there you go. Very true. I'll give them that. That's still shocking. Uh, uh, so <laughs> next game, we'll go through these quickly. I, I again didn't see this. I was working. Uh, Chelsea beat Villa two one. From what I've heard and what I've seen, Chelsea just have a lot of a lot of depth. They do. They have <clears throat> Chelsea have so many players attached to their club, whether it be on loan and just overall as a squad. They have a just a lot of <laughs> a lot of players to choose from who are like quality players. Um, but I did not see this game. I know that Pulisic played well. Um, what, what do you guys? What did you guys see? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, just to keep it brief, Aston Villa were were um, parking the bus, as we would say. Um, they they score. They did score first, but before and after that, it it was obvious to see that they ju- they were just interested in defending, just limit the space and limit the chances Chelsea could create. Um, I was watching this one while I was at work and there was actually like great, you, great employee. There. Yes. I hope my employers aren't listening. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you could see uh, Jack Grealish. He was defending on the edge of his box, like on the 18 yard line. So, I mean, as soon as you see that, you know, it's probably not going to be your day and that's not at all where you want Jack Grealish to be playing. So um yeah, they were just basically sitting deep. Chelsea had a lot of chances. Mason Mount had a great shot in the first half with his left foot. Um, and it was just a matter of time just to see how long it would take for Chelsea to, to, score, to score. And they, they scored two in two minutes the second half, and they never really looked like losing after that. Yeah, just just as Jake Jake was touching on everything there, it was pretty good. I agree. Like Grealish was kind of he was kind of seemed isolated in the team for the most part, other than some uh, counter attacking chances where El Ghazi was shining on the counter. Other than that, Grealish kind of just had to slow the game down and kind of try to keep possession. He couldn't really pick any forward passes uh, against Chelsea, but Chelsea they looked. Qu- quite fluid in the first half. I thought they looked really good spraying it around. I thought Willian was actually really impressive dribbling inside and taking players on a few times. Uh, it was kind of interesting to note that 
it shows on the lineup an incorrect, like if you look up the lineup that they used, it shows Mason Mount on the left wing, but from the beginning of the game, Loftus-Cheek was playing on the le- as a left winger and Mason Mount was more in midfield. I thought Mount and mm-hmm. Willian were probably the, the best players on the pitch. Other than like a slow, uh, one slow play where Christensen let, let the ball go in behind him, I thought he played well too. Yeah, uh, and I thought Marcus Alonso was pretty poor. That's where I think uh, a Chelsea side would be looking for someone like Chilwell because their left side he did get a lot of the ball, but like he just does not look like the same Marcus Alonso from like three, two or three years ago. Yeah. But mm-hmm. with that being said, uh, it was a pretty pretty yeah. convincing win from Chelsea. One thing I do want to note though is they did look uh, like they can be got at from set pieces. With a horse, he had a goal, but he also was like winning almost every ball that I noticed on a set piece. He was almost getting every single one. Yeah, it was crazy. And I'm not sure if that's just because like Chelsea aren't the most, they have big and physical players, but not really. I wouldn't say they have the most big and physical central defenders. Uh, I think yeah. like two of their better headers would be Giroud and Loftus Cheek out of the side that they played. So, uh, yeah. 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 Just touching yeah. on that. I think so it was no, a good, good at spraying it around though from Chelsea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just another another three points. They're definitely one of the sides that's in the hunt. And the reason I mentioned that squad depth is with all of uh, the rotation that's going to take place and with the um, flexibility that Lampard has shown this season in trying different, different formations and um, willingness to experiment. I think with the squad rotation, with the fresh legs, I think that their depth is going to prove uh, to be a key factor if they are uh, going to uh, uh, make it into one of the European places. Uh, so the second last game we will discuss was is the uh, Merseyside Derby. Everton played Liverpool yesterday behind closed doors, and it finished nil-nil, which was – very surprising to me because I genuinely expected us to get absolutely destroyed in that game. Um, I'll I'll get into it in a sec, but what I don't have a ton to say, but I'll let you guys give give your give your thoughts first. I don't have a ton to say, but I'll, I'll let you speak first. Yeah, I think it's the third consecutive nil nil at Goodison, right? So. I yeah, mean, it's, it's something like a last couple. Yeah. yeah, so maybe maybe some of us should have seen it coming. But, yeah, kind of surprising. Um, I'll just skip right to the end. Everton probably should have won it. Tom Davies hitting the post. And uh, Calvert-Lewin, I think he should have scored off of off of that corner when he had a diving header. Um, Liverpool didn't actually have that many chances that I can remember. Um I don't know. Just I guess Everton are kind of unlucky that they didn't end up winning that one for the first time. Coleman, he had a good game. I think he was very riled up the whole time, but he was. I think <laughs> he played well. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I don't know how much else I have to add to that. Just uh, kind of surprised it ended nil nil. To be honest. Yep, Aiden. What What do you think? Yeah, I just thought that there was a bit of a sleeper in the first half. It was kind of just like a. <laughs> A post-lockdown yeah. game, like nothing against either yeah. teams. It just felt like a post kind of yeah. – I think the no, commentators it, mentioned it like a training game there. Yeah. And, uh, if I was a neutral, I would have fell – I would have – if I was a neutral fan, I would have fallen asleep during mm-hmm. that, that first half. It was – the but as an Everton fan, you know, the I was a little stressed out for the whole game, obviously, with the, the record 
the, over the derby for the last 10 years is abysmal. Mm-hmm. But every time Everton had a goal kick, especially in that first, well, for the first half, every time they had a goal kick, I was terrified because yeah. <laughs> what were they were trying to play it out of the yeah. back and, and bypass the press. And then eventually Carlo must have realized look at these players, like they're not, they're not up to this. And he just told them to kick it along to Calvert-Lewin, try to stay away from Van Dyke. But obviously they had Matt up in, which was a smart inclusion because he's very good in the air as well. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, uh, now that you mentioned Matt up, when, when Lovren came on, he looked an absolute world beater, my favorite defender of all time. <laughs> uh, that was, do you have anything else to add, Aiden? Then I'll just give a couple of, <laughs> a couple of takes and then, and then we'll move on. No, I just think it was like a kind of a lackluster game. I I liked mm-hmm. uh, Jake said that Davies hit the post. He did, but that was an excellent block from Gomez uh, hitting yeah. his leg yeah, there. But, um, yeah. Um, and then uh, I was impressed with Nabi Keita personally. I thought he was decent in the game actually for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I thought for Fabinho was not the best. He was kind of poor for Liverpool. I thought he should have been booked. Like, yeah, he should have been. He should have been. The first tackle he made on Richarlison, I don't think I'm being biased, but he just absolutely, like, wiped him out and no booking. And then he made, like, mm. 10 more fouls. And didn't get yeah, him. no, honestly, I thought he was I thought he was booked before I just looked it up because he was fouling a ton in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really think he was very good. But other than that, I just – I don't know. I think if they're going to use, like, if they're going to keep with a four-four-two Everton, yeah, you mentioned playing out of the back. That was not really a smart idea. I'm glad they altered that up. <laughs> um, uh, but if they're going to continue with a four-four-two, they might want to look for maybe like someone with a bit more speed to play alongside Andre in there. I know he can spray the passes, but they they might want someone with a bit more speed. I'm excited to see more of Anthony Gordon, kind of a tough game for him to come in. I know he created the two chances, which were the most for an Everton player in the first half, but uh, he was kind of, kind of isolated up there, like on his side, not, not really a lot happening. I actually think that, that, uh, that I don't even like, he's, he's had a a great season. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but DCL, he had, he had a pretty good game in terms of just pressing and work rate and doing his job in terms of trying to hold it up and win little battles, except for that little moment where he just headed it a thousand times to himself. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was very strange. The famous seal dribble. Yeah. Yeah. But but other than that, other than that, I don't know. It it was just a tough, I don't want to say a tough game to watch, but it kind of was in some ways. Um, Yeah. I think it was just a lockdown game, honestly. I think you'll see better later. Yeah, fair enough. And it was yeah. it was almost it was yeah. almost like I think the commentators touched on it. It was a game where neither team really needed to win in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. They both could have just been happy with a draw, and it just ended up that way. I yeah. don't know. I think like if Liverpool think were really was... pushing to win, I think they would have brought on Muhammad. You know. Yeah, that's 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 who I was very concerned was going to come on because. I'm very happy that they didn't put him on because he always just ends up curling it into the far corner against mm-hmm. us. But um, I, I thought I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that we didn't lose the game. If I'm honest, the, the like you said, the four four two, which is Ancelotti's system for now, and I think they're going to stick to it. And like you said, they need Andre Gomez is in the center midfield, but they need somebody 
with a little bit more legs. They need somebody with energy because if you watch Andre Gomez defensively, not the best. Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment, they don't really have any options. So yeah, I'm just know, like Tom. Tom Davis is in there, but like even him defensively, those two together don't really provide anything. So mm-hmm. I'm just shocked that they didn't lose. They're very organized. So that's all the credit goes to Ancelotti and then obviously the players for staying organized. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm re- just really happy that they didn't lose. And especially with the chances that they had to win the game, just lacking in, in quality, but um, mm. overall I, very, very happy with the point. I feel like Richarlison was, was actually pretty decent too. I feel like he was winning a lot of fouls. I could be wrong. Just like trying to advance the team up the pitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you said, uh, I I don't know. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Davies. I'm not really sure like what he offers mm-hmm. other than his famous yeah. goal against Man City. Like, I'm not really sure yeah. like what he offers as a player. Like that, some other people yeah. cannot, can't do. It is it is kind of a mystery at, at times with Tom Davies, but I do know, and this this is from a little while ago. I think it was a stat with like uh like number of attempted passes forward. And I mm. think he was something he placed somewhere like freakishly high in the league. I think he might have been like third or fourth in the league. Obviously, this doesn't include in, in uh, pass completion because he loses. He does like a bunch of like a bunch of little things that are really good, and then does some things like gives it away stupid, on the edge yeah. of the box or gives mm-hmm. away a foul. But uh, I know like he, he he tries things. I think I said this last last podcast, but. I know Bain, Leighton Baines had an interview saying that he's that Tom Davies is willing to take responsibility and mm-hmm. and go and receive and try to make the harder plays even even if they don't come off he's got the confidence to try it. Um, but yeah, I think like that's that's the way that most Everton fans feel about him at the moment, not really yeah. knowing what he is, and it doesn't really seem like he's suited to a four four two. Which exactly? Um, obviously, yeah, that's that's the main thing. Everton desperately need center midfielders in the summer. They need a right a right midfielder. Um, and Seamus Coleman, that was the best game I think I've seen him play since he got that freak uh, leg break. Because previous to that leg break, I and you guys know this, but I rated him so so highly for years. I always thought he was one of the most underrated players. It's biased because I'm an Everton fan, but I thought he was one of the most underrated right backs in all of Europe for years. Um, and since that leg break, he he's lost a lot. Of, he's lost a lot of pace, and he's not the player that he used to be. But in that game, he had Sadio Mane in his pocket the whole game. I couldn't believe it. Like you just just getting there like he didn't really have the pace but he just had enough to get back there and make the tackles and he was fantastic he, he was uh he was able to track back when joe gomez came in as well so uh like very, oh yeah that was a great tackle yeah for very good job to seamus coleman because i did not expect that but he's one of my my all-time favorite everton players and i'm very happy that he, he definitely led by example in that game Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, just kind of very surprised that we didn't lose the game, especially the four four two. We don't have anybody in center midfield that can defend. And I agree with you. And I thought Navi Keita played really well. He's just got a lot of energy in there and willingness to drive with the ball forward, um, mm-hmm. and even just the agility. The like just couple step overs. He can he, he walked through Gomez like five times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and another player who I was impressed with, but like the commentators didn't think he played well. I thought that when like on Liverpool, this um, talking about Liverpool players here, I thought that Minamino was decent when he when he was playing. I didn't think he was as bad as what the commentators were saying. I thought he was linking up well. Um, he had a lot of energy. I think that if he just chose to kind of run with the ball more, he would have had a lot more joy. But I didn't think he was quite as bad as what the the commentators were saying. They're saying how he hasn't settled or anything. I didn't think he was that bad at all. He was trying hard passes, but he almost like unlocked that Everton defense yeah, quite a almost, few times. It almost came off. But um, yeah. I know you, you were talking about Minamino, but I'll let Aiden go ahead right now. Um, oh, sorry, Jake. I was just going to say, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Like I kind of find like Jim Beglin, like, he's kind of biased. Like he was calling the game, I'm pretty sure. And then sometimes like he really expects like everything from Liverpool. Like he was talking about like, even after the restart, like, Oh, this is the, this is the team that's been like levels above, like sure they have, but you're not just going to expect them to come out. So I feel like maybe he was just kind of like wanting to see a bit more from him. So maybe he was being a bit unfair. I didn't think he was on like terrible, but also he's probably like third pick in that position behind Salah and Chamberlain. So He's probably not even like he's probably no yeah. wonder he's if he's not settled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, can't really blame him. <laughs> yeah, and then I was just gonna say like yeah, Everton like it'll be interesting for me to watch them in the next few weeks um, because I feel like they're like I know it sounds like a lot because it's it's like a, quite a bit of a team, but I feel like they're like three players away from having like quite a solid like team there. Maybe mm-hmm. like another like center mid to play if they're gonna play the four four two. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I was just thinking of someone like Legs that can do defensive work. I know he's not going to come, but like a back of Yoko or something. And then a different yeah. type of a center back to replace uh, Keane. And then, yeah. I don't know, how do you feel about a well, – Jake can go on, but how do you feel about a, a Wobi as a left, a left mid? Do you like him as a left mid, or do you think he's more suited as a center attacking midfielder? So I, I think from what I've seen in a four four two for a Wobi – Yet yesterday when he was playing, I saw he was getting a lot of criticism from Everton fans saying he was terrible. But there, I saw um, on Twitter and, and scouts and stuff who really know what they're talking about. They're like they're professionals at what they do, and they were saying if you actually look at the positioning of what Owobi was playing, he what he was playing pretty much as a right wing back just with Seamus Coleman for like the whole game. So he wasn't really like, he wasn't attacking at all. Yeah. He was defending um, a lot overall. Yeah. He's defending at all. And these, they, they got the result that they needed. Ancelotti said that they, they didn't want an open game. They would like, they would have lost that way. They wanted just a tight game and they wanted to make it hard for Liverpool. And they did. So from a collective uh, team effort, I thought they did really well, but individually, was it his best game on the ball? No, but nobody, was good on the ball. Everybody was dispossessed. Everybody was losing the ball. They couldn't really string that many passes together. But just, um, uh, but I just mean, I don't want you to cut you off, but I just mean like moving forward. What do you think? Like for next season, do you think a Wobi is the answer on, on one of the wings on the left or the right? Or do you think it's someone else? So I, I think he's, he's got the ability to play out wide, like he can play as the left midfielder, but it depends on what instructions he's been given. It really depends mm. at this point in time. It's not going to work because we have no defensive midfield to, to cover in the middle. But what yeah. I'd want to see, and the best game that he's played in an Everton shirt was uh, against West Ham earlier on the season 
and he played as an attacking midfielder, and he was absolutely incredible. He's so, so good in that game. But if he's set up, yes, he's the left mid, but if his instructions are to, like, you're on the left defensively, but when we have the ball, try to float and get in between the lines into that attacking midfield area, and then you have somebody who's good on, like, somebody who's good attacking, like Luca Dean, who can push up from left back into that space yeah, and have the perfect. team shift over. But you need a defensive-minded midfielder to sit in. That's why it's so disappointing that Jean-Philippe Gabamin got injured because he, he would have been perfect just to sit in and he was ready to come back. And unfortunately, he's out for a long time. But yeah, they'll need to go in the transfer market. And the Marcel Brands, the director of football for Everton, just came out, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, and said Everton won't be spending a lot of money. Uh, and it's not to do with the the like the ownership or the wealth of the ownership. It has everything to do with uh, spending uh, and staying within the limitations of financial fair play, which makes complete sense. So apparently, Everton are looking at like two or three signings uh, for the window, and then from there we will move forward. Which I'm happy with because there's progress and there's a plan in place. So. You can't really be too mad. You have to do what you got to do. And as long as it's organized, it'll be good to go. But yeah, that's I, I, Awobi, if he can get into that attacking midfield area, even if he's set up as a left mid, mm-hmm. he 100% can do it. If not, and if those aren't the instructions and he has to adapt and just be this winger, then if he doesn't adapt, then like Look elsewhere. They, yeah, well, they spent. It was reported they spent forty million on them. They didn't. They spent twenty eight, I believe, and then there were add-ons to forty, like potentially spent forty, um, which mm-hmm. is a lot of money. They'd have to move if he can't adapt at all, or maybe Ancelotti wants him in this this area, and we just don't have the players yet, and is staying patient with him. You never know. But if yeah, if he doesn't adapt, he'll be he'll be gone fairly fairly soon. But I think. W- Whatever team in the world decides to play him as an attacking midfielder is going to like they're going to see a lot of output because he is a good player. You like you can see it. He's got he's got talent, but yeah, he'll have to adapt. For sure, for sure, I agree with him. Like I think that would be his best role with like a defensive midfielder, and then moving in off the left into a more central role with Dean overlapping. Sorry, Jake, what were you going to say there? I didn't mean to completely cut you off. I don't remember. Oh, uh, sorry, lad. No worries. It was not I messed important. up your thoughts. Oh, sorry, Jake. <laughs> and the last thing important. I, the last thing I just wanted to ask you, Jack, about the Everton game, I think, would was just going to be um, about Gordon. Like, where do you project his his future and the number of game time or amount of game time he'll get in this season, and then maybe moving into next season? Well, I know. I think I said this on the last part. Like, he's he's somebody that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing. Um, and I think I said this last podcast, but I know there's what I've seen is that there's been interest from like Bruce Dortmund wanted to buy him and Everton rejected. I think they actually made an official bid. Bayern Munich may have made an official bid. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. And Celtic wanted to take him on loan in January. It was rejected because Ancelotti feels he has a part to play in this season and is good enough for the to to step up immediately into the first team. And you can see from from like when when he got the ball a couple of the times you could see oh yeah he's got like good touch and he's got quality try to like an outside of football to play I think it was Calvert-Lewin threw in the first Mm -hmm. half but also got pinched and dispossessed in the first half but 
uh, against Liverpool. It's kind of like a wake-up call saying, hey, you're like, welcome to the big leagues kind of. Um, but uh, do I, what do I expect from them? I'm not 100% sure at this point, but I know that was the hardest game they could have thrown him into. He didn't look, he didn't look like he wasn't good enough. Um, obviously, he's going to be nervous. He's from, he's, he's from, he's like, he's a local player from the academy. So the, the game obviously means a lot to him. Um, did, did he look out of place? Not really. When you see he, yes, he lost the ball, but he created two chances because we created nothing, but mm-hmm. um, it, it might take a little bit of time and he's going to have to adjust to uh, playing in, in the Premier League, making that step up from the U23s. He's been training with the first team for a while now, I believe. Uh, but actually playing and jumping in straight against Liverpool. That's a, that's a tough ask. And I don't think he did terribly, but I think throughout the, the rest of this campaign, we're going to see him feature. I expect, I don't expect him to start against Norwich. I think that Bernard is going to come in and he's going to be the creative outlet. Um, but Anthony Gordon will definitely be one to start featuring. And it is very promising that Ancelotti threw him in there and said like, like, like he's been impressive in, in training and, and felt that he was ready to start in such an important game. So it's a, yeah, exciting to see what, what happens with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He looked yeah. decent. Jake, anything to add before we think we move off the Everton Liverpool game? I think uh, Jack yeah. went in thoroughly enough. Very well. Yeah. So sounds good. There's yeah, not a lot to say. I'm happy with the point, happy with the project and I have, I have patience. It's all going well. It's just might be slower because of uh, the current transfer market, but that's all I have to say. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, so lastly, and this game was today, um, we have Manchester City played Burnley. Manchester City won 5-0. Um, but like more importantly, I do, I do want to point this out. Um, you may have seen it on social media, but there was a flag that was uh, flown above the above turf more i believe and it's and it was a flag that said um it said like all lives matter and it was from apparently from the burnley fans um and i just want to say ben me after the game immediately after the game so that's that's disgraceful there's no there's no we we know this um and it's very sad and upsetting to see that that there's these these problems and people actually believe that sort of thing um but i think ben me if i don't know if you guys saw his post-match interview but ben me handled it uh very well and came out and the the media asked him questions immediately immediately after the game about the game and right away he shut down and said pretty much said firstly i want to point this out and say um like pretty much said, this is disgraceful. There's no place for racism in football. There's no place for racism anywhere. Um, and it's sad to see that there's people, um, people who believe this thing, this, this stuff out there and that people need to uh, realize this 21st century. There's no place for this at all, but he handled it very well. I thought he was very honest. So I did want to um, uh, point that out. If, if you guys, if you guys saw that, um, if you have anything to say on that, it's it's just very disappointing to see stuff like that happen, especially with the um, the attention and, and um, progress that we've started to see over the last couple of weeks, especially from a footballing perspective and all the attention. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I only have very little say about it, but just seeing it before the game, I know it wasn't the Burnley players behind it, but I was just happy that they got smacked. So it just uh, just made me feel like it was a little bit of karma coming back at them. Yeah, it's just it's just honestly, you can't believe that these sort of things happen. And obviously, yeah, five the, the game finished five nil, Man City Burnley. I think we could have expected that. I thought Burnley will will do well over this 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 period because um, they're organized or whatever. But I did not realize their first game was against City, who are just used to unlocking defenses who sit back. That's what, that's what they do. Um, yeah, they're but perfectly there's, trained there's for more, them. There's more. But yeah, but there's obviously when stuff like that happens, you know, the results don't don't really don't really matter. Um, it takes the attention away from the game because there's much more important issues. But I just wanted to point out uh, that I thought Ben Me handled it very well, and Burnley were very very quick to release a statement saying this is unacceptable because it is. Um, but yeah, I thought they I thought they handled it really well. But I just wanted to like. Yep. It's it's very sad that yeah. that yeah, these things, that these things are happening. Yeah, just before I just wanted to touch on it quick. I I know you said I think you said it was at Turf Moor, but it's even more shocking because it, it wasn't. It was at the Ed Had sorry, Eddie Had, I can't even speak. But uh <laughs> yeah, it was over there and so like when there's not even fans in the stadium, like let alone it's just such a disgraceful act, but then when there's not even fans at the game for like a Burnley fan, I can only assume it was a Burnley fan to go out of their way to the away team stadium yeah. to fly that. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, like who does that? Yeah, they must be really yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So that's all just, I can say. And then yeah, it was well. Yeah, I don't. Ben I really. Burnley, but it, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. That makes it even worse. It's just when these type of things happen. It doesn't really matter the result. We don't really go over the game or anything. Yeah, like, no. Yeah. Um, Not much to go um, over either. Just a thorough smash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that that is all for the games. We won't go into the – I don't think we'll go into any pre- – It's this has been a while, but I don't think we're going to go into any previews because there's so much football happening. A lot of games coming uh, thick and fast, like we've mentioned. Um, do you guys have anything else to say before I, uh, before we we shut this down here? I have nothing to add. Just that I'm very glad that we were speaking about real games that actually happened this weekend. That is true. Aiden, what about you? I just want to say thanks to anyone that's listening, if there is anyone, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just glad that there's football back on and just gives us a little bit of stuff to talk about, like Jake was saying, and. GGMU. Hopefully, we get the result, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Everton can pull off a win against Norwich, or else that will be total embarrassment. Well, they did lose at Goodison Park against them earlier on, but that was the Marco Silva era. And we don't have to discuss that right yeah, now. We're not going to talk about um, that. Your favorite yeah, manager. Also, I just oh, I, good Before good man, not a good manager. Good man, <laughs> not a good manager. I, I like okay. him. He's a good man. But I like the, the bar was low with well, I love Mourinho. <laughs> but Sam Allardyce was before him and he was he is just the worst. So I don't want to talk save about the that. club from uh, relegation. Stop. All right, we're gonna we're gonna close it here. I just wanna say to everybody, yeah, but like again, just wanna say thanks for listening. Um, this should be uploaded on Wednesday, the twenty fourth of June. Um, we've got the first episode that's up on Spotify. It might be it came out 
uh, a little bit later that we, than we wanted to after the football has actually started here. But after Wednesday, you know, we, we haven't done this before. We're not, we're not professionals. We're just trying to figure this stuff out. But after Wednesday, we should be on a, a fairly consistent weekly upload schedule. Um, uh, and we'll have more, a little bit more information next week about how to, um, how to get in touch and get involved with the podcast. We, we'd love to get some questions and stuff. But I'll, I'll provide all that information next week. Um, but yeah, once again, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If there's anybody out there that's listening, we, it's greatly, it's greatly appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Okay. Thank you. Bye.